Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 160 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is April 16th, 2021. I almost said with me is Robert Ring, but also with me is the hydrated Mr. J. Tataru. Actually, that's funny. I am a very hydrated person. I drink a shit ton of water. Well, you uh, live in Arizona. You better. Yeah, it's just crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I wake up most mornings. I'm like, I have to pee pretty darn bad. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've started. I've started having to wake up in the middle of the night to pee. Oh no, I'm trying so hard not to do that. Like, <laughs> that drives me nuts. Because like when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna fall back asleep. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Last night I had to wake up, not to pee, but twice in the middle of the night. I woke up because my dog, who sleeps in bed with us, I heard him doing the, I'm not going to do it, but the dog barf sound. Oh, why? He's just, he's just kind of been throwing up a lot lately, just for no reason, really. And uh, so both times I had to like, you know, you can't just like get up. You got to like jump out of bed, grab him, like run somewhere where there's a hard floor and just like hold him there for a second, you know? Jesus. Um, usually we like take him outside, but obviously it's kind of tough in the middle yeah. of the night. But that happened at like 1 a.m. and then 4 a.m. It sucked. That sounds like a rough night's sleep right there. But we took him to get checked out in the vet, and he's okay. He's just got an upset stomach, they think. Good. He's, Glad to hear that. He's all right. Jay, what you been up to? What's new? Uh, what is new? Um, Not a whole lot. Going camping next weekend, so I'm looking That's forward right. to that. Um, nothing really. Honestly, just kind of... Weeks have been going by pretty quick right now. Nothing too have they? You know, it does this. Well, I well, I was about to say it seems like a shorter time in between this episode and the last, but but it is a shorter time between this episode and the last because we're recording mm-hmm. a little bit early. But the the last one it seemed like a really long time in between to me. This one didn't I seem very it was, long, wasn't it? No, it was like our normal time. Oh, okay, yeah. it, it felt long to me as well. I had assumed that we were waiting like we've like waited a week or something. Come on, help. <laughs> uh so but no it is crazy nothing, like, nothing awesome no it, it is crazy how fast things time's going like i just i know we talk about this every time but i just like this year is flying by already it kind of is it, isn't it can we slow down a little bit like it's already april like it's gonna be may very quick honestly i'm fine with it just keep going well as long as i can get a job where i'm working from home work from home all the time i'm on board with it too but <laughs> i'm supposed to go back in september and i really don't want to do that so. september oh wow so you still got yeah. a while yeah i still got a while so why that's that's kind of random to that kind of seems like a random time to plan it that far out and be like all right it's tentative i mean it, it's a lot of the tech companies are doing about the same time the goal is like they're, they're encouraging people to get vaccination they're all giving people paid time off to get vaccinated like they're just trying to set themselves up for as as least amount of risk as possible but right i mean they may push out again just depending on how accessible the vaccine is for people and everything yeah. else I, that, that's just the current tentative date so I'm getting the old second dose next week. For you. I have to drive three and a half hours to get it. I have to drive 15. <laughs> I'm really you, concerned. Huh? I only have to drive 15 minutes. Oh, you you said 15 after I said three and a half hours. I know. That was the joke. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm almost there. I had somebody today we were talking about. There was like money that was at risk with, with a customer. And the, this girl, uh, she was like. Well, I mean, it's ninety thousand dollars, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's I was like, how much money is it? She's like, ninety, and I'm like, one nine or nine zero. She's like, one nine. I'm like, that's nineteen, bro. <laughs> like, that's a big difference. <laughs> she just was she not saying it clearly, or was she just saying it wrong? 
English is is not her first language. So <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Case, but it was oh, just, okay, it was okay. just okay. like, wait, are we talking about one nine or nine zero? Like <laughs> one nine. I'm like, okay, we can talk. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, uh, oh, oh, one thing I want to say is big, huge thanks to uh, our listener Will for I did a stream. Well, I, I actually did two streams this week of just playing music. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and and he stopped by. I think both of them, I know he he hung around for the for the second one for sure. I can't. I think he was on the first one too, but I I, I don't remember. But uh. Big thanks to him. There were a couple people that stopped by. He was the one that stayed there kind of the longest. And uh, he had a nice thing to say, and I appreciate that. And also, it was just fun to have him hanging around. So, uh, oh. so yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'll probably do it once a week, maybe twice a week. You know, just hang out, chill. Just kind of play some play some improv and uh, see what happens. It was, uh, it's, obviously, I haven't had, you know, many, many viewers, but the ones who have been there have seemed to enjoy it. So, uh so, so huge thanks to Will. That was that was fun. That's very cool. Yeah, it was cool, and, and I like doing it. So uh, I, I may, you know, keep doing it, uh, you know, semi regularly. Okay, let's talk about news. Unless there's anything else we, we want to just yammer on about, I think we're good to go. I'm good on my end. I mean, I'm always down for some yammering, but always, okay. Well, if we get a chance to yammer later, maybe we'll do it. Uh, couple limited run games. Are coming out if you are uh, somebody who's interested in those. You know, I, speaking of which, you remember the Doom one <laughs> that we talked yeah. about? Yeah, I fucking bit it. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yes. I I'm the biggest fucking sucker there is, but uh, I was like, you know, this really kind of does sound badass. The more I think about it, and there was something else. There was something else that it came with that I that I also didn't realize at first. I was like, just what the hell? I'm I'm gonna do it. So uh, I went in on that one. There's a couple more coming out. Star Wars Republic Commando is coming out. Um, as as with most of their things, there's kind of a regular version and then a special edition. Let's see. The special edition. I think it's so they're coming out with a Switch one, a PS4 one, and I think, I think a PC one. Okay. Um, and let's see. The special edition, what does it come with? It comes with... A commemorative metal coin, all right. A thermal detonator enamel pin. That's kind of cool. The coin seems kind of just random. Uh, a set of premium art cards. They look all right. A reversible 18 by 24 inch poster that looks pretty sweet. And a uh, steel book case. So... Uh, that one to me is a little bit lacking, not as awesome as like the doom one, yeah. for instance, but anyway, it's there. And also there's just like the regular physical edition. Uh, well, obviously this is physical, but there's a regular physical without the extra stuff as well. And then also this was, uh, I think actually available last time, but I just didn't notice it. There is a salmon max one, not the original salmon max, but salmon max save the world, which was one of the tail tip tail. I have such a hard time saying it. Telltale games? Uh-huh. Uh, what the fuck happened to it? Where'd it go? Anyway, it comes with some stuff. I don't... I, I lost it. I don't have I don't have it pulled up, and I can't find it on their website now. But... Oh, wait. Here it is. Here it is. Real quick. So, obviously, this isn't technically a classic game, but the original Sam and Max was, so it's worth talking about, I guess. Sam and Max the, Save the World Collector's Edition... Let's see. It is going to have uh, 
a LucasArts sized board game box. I th- I don't know if th- it looks from the it doesn't look like a board game size box. It looks just like a PC game size box. So I don't know what that means. Comes with a box, a uh, a DVD featuring okay like the, uh, the actual games, uh, and it also has does have a remastered version, a mini print of of them like riding on a car on top on top of their car, uh comic cover postcards. So like I don't think these were real comic cover. There was a same Max comic book evidently. I don't think these are real covers from the comic book. Yeah, these look just like a. Uh, Kind of like covers that they came up with just to have some fun art. Uh, So postcards with comic style art on them. Uh, And let's see. Case file feely pack including prototype hypnosis glasses, alien love triangle times front page, toy mafia casino fridge magnet, max for president campaign button, Bosco's virulent disease napkin, and a postcard from the gift shop on the moon. Jeez. So, you know, <laughs> there's that if you want it. Other news. What else do we have? Oh, Saga Frontier Remastered was just released uh, today, actually. So, obviously, this is a game in the Saga series. Uh, that's an RPG series from Square. Saga Frontier came out in 1997 for PS1. And the remastered release is going to be on Switch, PS4, Steam, iOS, and Android. I don't really love the art. They 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 often it's it's very mobile style art as opposed to kind of more retro style, you know. Okay. And uh, I just don't like the look of of that kind of art. But anyway, this is out if you're interested. Uh, Strong Museum Hall of Fame. As you know, we're gonna that's our top five today. But uh, they are going to announce their their five inductees, I think, next month. I don't... Oh, okay, May 6th. So that will... That will... I think be before we record next. So uh, keep an eye out for that if, if you want to. The the finalists for this year... Well, we'll talk about the finalists in a, in, in a little bit when we do our top five, because that's our top five for this episode, is the five that we would choose out of their ten finalists for this year. But, I, and I think we did this last year, but I still think it might be worth going back and looking at the, the ones that they've uh, inducted so far. So, I'm just going to run down the list real quick, because it's not too long. Five per year since... This is weird, actually. Okay, evidently they do four per year, but 2016 has six? Okay, so it looks like they did six at first for the first couple years, and then four per year since 2017. So real quick, these are the this is what their Hall of Fame looks like so far. Doom, Pac-Man, Pong, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, World of Warcraft, Sims, Oregon Trail, Legend of Zelda, Space Invaders, Sonic the Hedgehog, Grand Theft Auto 3, Street Fighter 2, Pokemon Red and Green, Donkey Kong, Halo, Tomb Raider, Space War, John Madden Football, Final Fantasy VII, Super Mario Kart, Mortal Kombat, Microsoft Solitaire, and Colossal Cave Adventure. Um, oh, that's missing 2020. Oh, 2000, oh, looks like 2020 was King's Quest, Centipede, Minecraft, and Bejeweled. Yeah. Um, thoughts, Jay? 
pretty pretty strong list to be honest. Overall, I, there's there, yeah. there's definitely some heavy hitters, but there's also some. Uh, I guess actually that's not. I wouldn't say it's a heavy hitting list. There's some things that are good in there, but I feel like it's a pretty strong list. I mean, it's got like like a lot of these. I was kind of reading them like, yeah, you got to have that. You got to have that. You got to have Doom. Got to have Mario. Got to have Street Fighter. Got to have Oregon Trail. Got to have Legend of Zelda. Like, you know, for for so few games relatively so far in the grand scheme of how many great games there are, I feel like they're they're doing pretty good. Yeah, this year is is very interesting to me because I definitely think there's a there's a little bit more. Of an art, I guess some of the some of the years we've looked at it. Some years I'm like, yeah, those are the clear winners, and other times I'm like, eh, like I don't really agree with what they did, or um, if there are like some better options. That's the other thing I've seen. Yeah, that is true. Uh, you know, overall I'm happy with the lists with everything they've they've done. Well, you know, mostly, but mm-hmm. but yes, every year there usually are one or two that I'm like, whoa, how did you not do that one? Yeah. Did and, Minecraft win the year it went out? Minecraft did, yeah, last year. Okay. Okay, and I think sense. that was like the third year it had been, uh, like one of the finalists, nominees. yeah, one of yeah. the nominees or whatever. Which it probably should have been voted in the first time, just for hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so often they will skip one or two that I that I really thought should have been in over the you know over ones that replaced them, but at the same time. Overall, I think they're doing a, a, a commendable job. They're, they're doing yeah. a good job. A good, good representative list of great and, uh, I guess, influential uh, games. Mm-hmm. All right, one more thing. What was it? Ah, Shadow Man Remastered. Did you ever play Shadow Man? I, I've never played Shadow I, Man. I vaguely remember that name. I don't know. I don't remember. That rings a bell, though. Shadow Man. Yeah. Well, it's it's out now on GOG and Steam. So it was a so it came out in 1999 for Dreamcast, N64, PS1, and PC. And uh, evidently, people liked it a lot. I don't really know much about it, but so somebody on I think it was on the GOG user reviews described it as a cross between Zelda and Dark Souls. That's pretty cool. Kind of in a you know, old school kind of like quake graphic style, not, not quake mm-hmm. like theme, but, but that sort of, those sort those sort, that sort of looking graphics. Um, I don't think they said the quake thing. I'm adding that myself. Um, and, but anyway, I watched a video, I watched like a trailer of it and that does look like a good way to describe it as kind of legend of Zelda style gameplay, dark souls kind of overall feel just a sort just in the sense of it being like a very dark game, that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, that's out. <clears throat> that's out now on on GOG and Steam. It's it's got remastered sound, remastered graphics. They're not like redone or anything. They just kind of cleaned them up. They they like upresed them. I think they've improved some of the lighting. Uh, and I believe you can also switch to the back to the original graphics if you if you don't like the you know relatively minor changes it seems they've made. Uh, there's new enemies, new levels, stuff like that. So. Probably worth checking out if you're a Shadow Man fan. I don't know if it's you know a game that would hold up today or not because I've I've never played it. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this year's list or this year's nominees rather. You what? Oh, I'm excited to talk about this year's nominees. I am too. Some really good ones. Yeah, I always like these, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, 
why don't we start heading in that direction a little bit more since you want to talk about top fives? Uh, did, first off, do you have any news, Jay? Do no, actually, I don't about? really. No, no, nothing that we need to shit on Blizzard over. Are you are you really sure? There there are some things, but it's like really intricate things that I'd have to explain a lot of depth, so it's not not worthwhile. Just know that Blizzard's still Blizzard, and you know, <laughs> it, money speaks, and you know. Does that mean it's not worth shitting on them over, or because it sounds that yeah. sounds like it's one of those things? Like, well, I don't know. You you tell me. Is it? It's not worth it. It's they're they're worth. just. I mean, long story short, they're a shitty company with shitty ideals, <laughs> and I'm really excited to see what comes out of the two developers that have sprouted off of Blizzard. So, is this like WoW balance stuff or something? It's just Blizzard in general. Yeah, I mean, there's some WoW stuff involved. I mean, it's predominantly WoW related things. It's just right. Blizzard's direction right now is just so obvious. Like they don't even care anymore. They're just like, listen, you know, we want your money, right? And it's like, yep. And there's nothing you can do about it, right? <laughs> let's yep. all be honest here. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just be honest with ourselves. So, okay. I, I have no no expectations of them anymore. Whenever something shitty happens, I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Gotcha. Yeah. So no, I got no news though. All right, no news. Well, I guess let's talk about games or if you're ready to do so um sure. how about uh, snes drunk you go first well i'm playing some sega disney stuff like a lot of 16-bit uh disney stuff for a hopefully a video uh coming up uh i'm not sure how soon but i'm you know i hate to drag up the old the age old now uh argument between aladdin on super nintendo and aladdin because <laughs> that's been done to death but you know, one major thing the Genesis Aladdin has going for it is that it really has a real hand-drawn animation in the sprite work. Hmm. And it, as a result, it's like one of the absolute best-looking 16-bit games ever. Um, it, it, the Super Nintendo game looks nice, but the Genesis game is just like a tier above. It really is. As much as it's as much as annoying as it is to, for me personally, to have. Uh, Aladdin have a sword. I always thought that was a bit of a cop out. Does he not have a sword in the movie? I don't even remember. No, no. <laughs> it's just one of those video gaming things where it's just like, oh, give him a sword. Right. Okay. <laughs> I never that that. That's funny. Yeah, no. And and then in the Super Nintendo one, he just throws apples, but it's way more of a platformer where he, uh, you know, just hop and bop and swing from stuff and avoid stuff. Um, and the, the Sega games were more action oriented and, you know, you gotta, you gotta deal with a few more enemies than you usually would. But in addition to Aladdin, there's also the, uh, illusion games, which are both like, they're both pretty easy. Like you're, you're definitely not going to get much of a challenge for castle of illusion or world of illusion, but they're both so much fun. Like in that classic, like Mario sense where sure. it's just run to the right, hop and bop and that sort of stuff. Then there's also mediocre crap like Ariel the Little Mermaid, which is not great. Um, the NES Little Mermaid I still like because Capcom did that one. I'm not sure who did the Genesis one, um, but yeah, it's uh, there's also there's like two Beauty and the Beast games, um, but then there's also you know so there's there's a lot of stuff that's not so hot, <laughs> but then there's also really fun stuff like Quackshot um gargoyles is interesting it's also really freaking hard it's probably the hardest Gargoyles like the disney show yeah like the disney huh. was it were they disney afternoon i don't remember but uh, i, I just so. remember hoping to find it whenever i watched tv and it was very, yeah very yeah it was it was definitely something different on tv at the time 
but um yeah the game is good it's just really hard um but yeah other than that uh it's just a bunch of genesis disney stuff and i'm also playing a shitload of tetris on game boy like old school tetris <laughs> and for some reason i made it like a goal like i'm gonna beat nine you know type b nine five at least once a day just Jeez. to try sounds, and keep my mind sharp sounds boring Robert i, like does not it. I love tetris, tetris. <laughs> i love tetris i think it's so fun yeah and i love getting the the it's you know i get that ending music stuck in my head where the space shuttle is taking off and it's mm. like okay if i want to hear that music again i need to beat it again the <laughs> so. ending music i don't even know if i've heard the ending what does the ending music sound like I know the do, classic. And then the space shuttle takes off, and then it says congratulations, and then it takes you to uh, um, your point screen. Huh. I don't think I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I, I. It's just, I've always been a Tetris dork. So, really? Like, uh, and a Tetris purist. I don't like Tetris 2 that much. Um, what is Tetris 2 like? Uh, it tries to work in a couple extra elements with uh, colors and and that sort of stuff. Uh, at least I, if I remember correctly, there's there's so many like like match the colors correctly or match shit. the color. Yeah, and then there's like Wario's Woods where you got like stuff oh, blowing yeah. up. You got what do you think Doc of uh, Doctor Mario? Yeah, Doctor Mario, I I really like it. I'm just terrible at it. I've I've <laughs> never been good at Doctor Mario, but um, I found it to be I, a lot easier than Tetris. I, I like it a lot. It, it's in the same category for me as Puyo Puyo or uh, what, mm. what's it called? Like uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, that's kind of a Dr. Mario-ish style game, too, where it's uh, you're matching the colors, they disappear. Both have the word um, doctor, too. That is c- correct. I think they have their doctorates in completely different fields, however. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love single screen. Um I guess what got me playing it again was um, the Pac-Man 99 announcement. And I was like, oh, I, I I wonder what other puzzle games could work for this 99 format. And uh, for some reason, that led to me just playing regular-ass Tetris again. <laughs> so, yeah, there we have it. I was about to ask if you've been playing any of the 99 games, but you don't... I forget, but then I remembered you don't have a Switch yet. Not yet. No, I'm waiting for the new one to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. I need a bigger screen. So... I because I, I a would bigger play screen it. for Tetris, or you just mean to play games on in general? Just to play games on in general. Um, I think there's one coming out in June, where it's a little bit of a bigger screen, and because I would, I would not, I would never dock that thing. I would just play it on the road, you know, just. Oh okay, portable, okay. Like I, lo- like I love the flexibility of, of it. It's so great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to play Hades. <laughs> okay, hold on. I want to yeah, back up. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say Hades is on my list. That game looks incredible. Super fun. That game is incredible. It's great. <laughs> it's I can play the game all day. It's so much fun. It is so good. Uh I want to back up and ask you about a couple of these Disney games, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh World uh World of Illusion. Is it as good as I'm a big Castle of Illusion fan, but I never played World of Illusion. Does it hold up? I think it does. Um the only thing is that it's probably easier than okay. castle of illusion um yeah it just looks better um huh it's not all that innovative when it comes you know you're you're not going to have like a ton of new things as you play it but it's just it's one of those like really solidly made games it's also two-player co-op which is awesome i can't i don't think castle of illusion is i don't think so either yeah world of illusion is uh you got donald hanging out with you but um 
I just really like I, I grew up watching Disney stuff and you visit yeah. uh, like Alice in Wonderland, Sword in the Stone, uh, even, so, you know, like nobody talks about Sword in the Stone. I, I, I like, yeah, yeah. I always like that movie. So it's it's cool to see it in a game. So, yeah, I like it. I like it better than Castle for, for that sure. is cool, because in Castle of Illusion, a lot of the levels aren't really based on Disney stuff. Yeah, now that you mention it, I don't think they are. In fact, they make up a, a villain, don't they? And its name is like Miserable or something like that. Uh, yes, but she's basically Maleficent. If oh, and maybe okay. she actually is, but I don't remember. I just remember she looks exactly like her. I don't remember if they oh. name her or not. Um, okay, gotcha. Aladdin. We don't have to. We, we don't have to do Genesis versus Super Nintendo, but. The Genesis one was the only one that I've ever played, and I used to love it because it's a great game, as you said. Um, do you? What is the difference between the two? Um, yeah, the the difference is going to be the sword, and you get in the Genesis one because oh, sure, it allows okay. you to use melee attacks. Whereas uh, the Super Nintendo one, you jump on top of enemies, uh, you know, platformer style, Mario style. Um, you all, you do get apples in both games. I always forget I have apples in those games, so I just never use them unless I have to. But um, yeah, it's the Super Nintendo one's a bit more platform heavy, a lot, a lot more trickier jumps. Where Genesis is more, you got more enemies out to get you. You gotta, you know, take them out of your way with your sword and all that sort of stuff. The Genesis one is definitely the better looking game, though, for okay. sure. Now, now, Quackshot, that's supposed to be good also. Uh, Quackshot, I'm, I'm biased because I love Donald Duck. Okay. So, Robert like, loves Goofy. This is actually amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no Goof Troop on, on Genesis, which is disappointing. Yeah, I still need to play that on Super Nintendo. Thanks for reminding me, Jay. Super fun game. But yeah, um, yeah, Quackshot is is fun. It's an it's an earlier Genesis title though. It's like ninety one, I think. So, um, yeah, that that's another game that just does that Disney style really really well. Um, it's just Donald Duck with a gun, <laughs> and he gets like different gun <laughs> gun power ups. I think Gyro Gearloose shows up if you remember him from Ducktales. He was the inventor guy. Oh yeah 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 yeah, the tall skinny dude. Yep. Um, yeah, it does a nice job. Um, I think Pete is the villain, you know, the big fat guy, uh -huh. yeah. big bad Pete or something like that, or black yeah. Pete, I forget his name, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really solid. It, again, it's, since it's a Disney game, it skews a little on the easy side, but, um, yeah, I, I really, I mean, it's Donald Duck with a gun. It's super fun. <laughs> winning, winning formula. Yeah, for sure. Is is the Gargoyles TV show something that will be worth checking out now, or is it kind of one of those probably things not. that was probably not? That's kind of what I assume. It, it was kind of, I feel like it was pretty advanced for its time, but I don't think it would hold up well now. Okay. Alex. The voice acting, I remember, was just awesome. Like, it was so different. Um, it's got yeah. Frank Welker in it, um, who does, what are some of the other guys that he does? He, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Frank Welker, it, it, some people just know him by name. He's like, oh, yeah, he does blah, 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 blah. Like, he does, like, a bunch of the Transformers and mm -hmm. um, and stuff. But um, it also has Keith David, if you guys know him. You guys would recognize his voice for sure. He's I don't been know doing... any of these names. 
Oh, really? Okay. I probably I probably wouldn't notice the voice if you said it, but I'm I'm really bad with voice actor names. Point is, all these guys have the smooth, dulcet tones you would expect from me. Gotcha. <laughs> I I also think it's got some Star Trek alum on there too, like really? Riker. Yeah, like Commander Riker's in there eventually, and huh. and uh, uh, I remember uh, what's his name, LaForge, uh, Lavar Burton, um, was on there for mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, Mister Reading Rainbow himself. Yeah, yeah. Dude, but, he might be uh, doing Jeopardy. I hope so. No he way. Are you often. serious? That's awesome. Yeah, people are asking for it. I think he actually nom- like volunteered, like asked to do it too, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I can't think of anybody better. Like, because. No. You know, everybody grew up with him on that on Reading Rainbow, and now it's like, oh yeah, he's still here, and now he's gonna do uh, this show. That would make sense. Didn't the guy who had that really long winning streak? Didn't he temporarily host it for a little bit? They're doing a rotation where they have guest hosts, and he was one of them. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I guess he did pretty good. I haven't really watched the show since. Uh, it used to be one of those shows I used to just have on. Uh, yeah. w- when it was on, and now since he died, it's been kind of sad <laughs> to watch. Uh, since Alex Trebek died, rather so. Right. But they did have Aaron Rodgers of all people as a guest host. Interesting. The Green huh. Bay Qu- Packers quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I was How like, was well, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I'm a Vikings fan, so I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Tangentially, that we need to ha- we need to. I'm sorry if we're if we've made you feel uncomfortable, Alex, by not throwing in any '90s references yet. But that just made me think of that for some reason. Uh, Jay, name something from the '90s. Pogs. Pog. There you go. Pogs. How about Pogs? Right? Am I right? <laughs> I yeah. I didn't really have anything to do with Pogs. I just remember uh, Millhouse getting a an Alf Pog. <laughs> <laughs> on the Simpsons. Remember, Alf, he's back in Pog form. <laughs> I do remember that quote, actually. Holy crap. <laughs> I was never played now. Pogs, though. I liked Pogs. I never got the whole point. Like, you just have a bunch of cutout things, and one one is a big one, and it's called the Slammer. Yep. The slammer. I had an eight ball Slammer. Oh, shit. I had a big ass Slammer that was made of brass. And it was like three times thicker than a normal slammer. That sounds painful. Most people wouldn't let me use it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> do you actually do you actually hit people with these things? Wait, do have you never played Pogs before? <laughs> no. Oh. The whole idea is to flip other people's chips over. And so uh you basically use the slammer to do so. So the more heavy it is, like I wouldn't say it's stack easier, them it is, up. but it definitely stack them up. You stack up the regular pogs. And you slam them with the slammer, and whichever ones flip over, you get to keep. Yeah. Is there a limit to what you can use? So I could just go out on the street and use like a manhole cover or something. No, or... you have to buy a slam. It has to be. You have to buy a pog that says this is a slammer. I mean, I guess technically somebody could be could sell a manhole cover and be like, "This is a slammer." Maybe, <laughs> then, maybe then it would count. But like most people I played with, be like, "No, you gotta like that one's too big," or you would have to agree on it. Some of them had <laughs> like. 100% this was just a gimmick, but some of them had, like, some of the slammers had little indentations for your fingers to go, so you could, like, supposedly have a better grip as if that mattered at all. <laughs> some are more aerodynamic than others. Uh-huh. Oh, there yeah. were some that were, like, uh, that had jagged edges. It was, like, a little, it would be, like, a saw oh, blade. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> it was, like, a little slaw, a saw blade, and you're, <laughs> I think the idea was you would slam it down sideways uh, on them, and 
I guess the saw blade was supposed to just make it be awesome or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, rather than that, I played Magic the Gathering. And even then, uh, <laughs> my friend, my childhood friend and I, uh, we didn't really like the original rules of that game. So we just made up our own. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. We, you, we can tap mana anytime we want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, matches were usually over in like 12, 15 minutes. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, rather than like just hanging out forever and ever and ever and like, oh, I'm tapping this. Now it's your turn. Sure. All that. We got, we had no patience for that. So we we're just like, I'm tapping this and then I'm doing this and that's the end of my turn. Hey, that sounds like, uh, man, I was trying to think of a really good joke really fast, but I came up with nothing. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> tapping this and doing this. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Something like that. That would have worked out. Let's move on. Uh, anything else, Alex? Anything else you uh, you've been playing that you want to talk about, or is that pretty much it for for now? I I don't know. Um, what do you? Are there any other like ninety nine uh games that you can think of that would work well in that format? You know that this that oh, that's a good question. Going? Oh shit. Uh, yes. Night Trap ninety nine. <laughs> No, I'm trying to. I'm looking up at my shelf and trying to come up with. Like, Where Shark ninety nine? <laughs> what about ooh? What about like I don't know how, but Turtles in Time ninety nine? Oh, you know somebody did uh, come up with an idea of. I think it was like a Metal Slug ninety nine. Ooh, that'd where, be fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same deal though. A beat 'em up would work the same way though, where you you just keep sending bad guys at your opponent as you progress okay so not like a battle royale but but just like all the other 99 games where it's just you versus computer guys but you're sending them to other people's screens exactly yeah, yeah okay. and if you if you unlock a certain guy with a move you send like a mini boss or something like that like that'd be cool that would be awesome yeah i don't um, know how the heck you would ever implement something like that but how, how about cubert Cubert, Cubert ninety nine, but the grid is ninety nine. I don't know. It's like a giant. <laughs> only, it's like a giant ass grid. I've only got it halfway figured out. I'm just thinking Cubert <laughs> might work. You tell me how. Um, yeah. yeah, I got nothing sister... off the top. Well, you know, well that's another. That would be another battle royale one. So maybe not. Uh, I wonder if they could do it with Mario Kart somehow. Just ninety nine. Yeah, just a straight up race. Ninety nine people in a race. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> That just cram ridiculous. them all on screen. You can't see anything. Yeah. That reminds me. I can't. <laughs> my friend and I came up with a, a, a the dumbest idea for a, a shoot 'em up. Okay. Where um, <laughs> you can't stop uh, collecting power ups. Like instead of making power ups sparse, they're freaking everywhere. <laughs> and until your ship, you can't even see it. Like your your uh, projectile is so big, it takes up the entire screen. And this, the, you just you can't dodge anything. All you see is just this white speck, and <laughs> on top of all this other crap, it's like enduro racing on Atari Twenty Six Hundred when you're in the fog. Like you can't tell where the road goes, but you have to have it memorized at that point to get through. I don't know. We just we were just cracking up laughing coming up with the idea, trying to imagine people playing this. Yeah, so it's so, it's Katamari so Katamari Damachi the shoot 'em up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's good. Ooh, that actually, have they done like a 99 with like some form of an R-type or something? Where like anytime you kill a, a ship, it, it goes to somebody else's board? No, they haven't done that any would shoot work too. but that would be good too, yeah. 
I think that'd be super ridiculous. Think how intense that would get when it gets down to like just a handful of people and you're just spawning ships for everybody else. Galaga and would you, work re really well for that, I think. And it Ooh. keeps getting faster and faster, and yeah, that would be fun. With power-ups, too, that'd be insanely fun. Imagine if you just had like a screen full of ships, and they would keep the, the uh, SNES limitations, so it would start to lag if you get too many ships. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. These are all great ideas. I'm sure Nintendo's listening, and they're probably going to yeah. use all of them. Get on it, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Okay, cool. Well, um, uh, why don't I... I'll go next, and Jay, you can you can go last this time. I think I normally go last. Okay. Um, I've got a few games. I think I'm going to talk about two games. Let's, let's, let's just see how it goes, though. The first one. I, I played Contra. The OG... <laughs> Uh, this came out in, when did it come out? 1987 on Nintendo, of course. And just like anybody, I, I really liked this game growing up, but I noticed, I've, I've noticed a strange pattern about me playing games when I was little. There were all these really great games that I, that I loved, and mo but most of the games that I owned were not the ones that I really liked a whole lot. Like, I owned games like what's the one like the one that i've got my fabio picture from wizards and warriors or whatever it is oh, like yeah. that or like ninja turtles one uh like stuff like that i mean of course i had you know the basics like mario zelda and all that kind of stuff but there were so many great games that i that instead of owning those i owned like mediocre games instead i don't know i don't know really why so i never owned this game but whenever i played it at a friend's house of course i loved it um but so 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 coming back to it now, I didn't have the the same level of nostalgia that that, that I that ninety nine percent of other people have for because I didn't play it all the freaking time. Uh, that said, it's easy to see why many many people did play this all the freaking time because it's a really good game. Even though it it's like there's nothing super uh, novel about it by today's standards. But it still holds up pretty well. I think really mostly due to the controls. It's It feels very responsive and it feels really good just running around shooting bad guys. Your jump feels good. Your shoot feels good. It's fun to get power-ups just like any any kind of, you know, shoot them up, whether it's a running gun or, a, or you know, like a side-scrolling shoot them up. There's cool, uh, you know, I guess the environments are, are, some of them are cool. Some of them are just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they just get the job done, but there's cool bad guys. Uh, the bosses are pretty fun. The bosses are, you know, they they're, they kind of give you an extra challenge compared to the other guys. But like, really, for me, it, it's a game where I could be like, I don't want to have to think about anything for a little bit. I just want a game that feels good. I'm just gonna sit back and kind of just uh, play with some, like, just 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 fucking shoot some bad guys for a little while. What do you guys think about about Contra? Like, have you all played it? anytime relatively recently yeah it, uh, it's still a pretty enjoyable game it can be very frustrating at times but i still think it's a it's a pretty darn good game especially for considering how old it is <clears throat> yeah you're just talking the original contra yeah 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 Yeah. um i've gotten into watching people speed run it um, oh okay folks like uh arcus and um Oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. I want to say Darbian, but I don't know if that's right. But um, yeah, they're twi they have Twitch channels where they they flip between you know certain NES games. 
really gives me a new appreciation on not only uh you know it, it goes both ways where it's like how the the amount of skill from whoever's playing it and the way the game is laid out it seems like it's like perfectly structured to do that um yeah especially the further you get into the game where you get those like what are they called those fire gun fire beam things that shoot out like i always thought those were random but it's like no those have a very distinct pattern you just have to hit it at the right time duck 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 and go down and uh, okay go up and all that sort of stuff so it's it's really fun watching those guys i i could never pull that off myself uh it i always yeah. need the 30 the 30 guy code to get through that game uh-huh definitely same here so uh, I prefer Contra 3 for obvious reasons because it's Super Nintendo and all, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But um, I still really like um, – do, do you you play the NES original, though? You don't play – you don't go back to the arcade on MAME or anything like that? No, no. Yeah, I was playing the NES one. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's one of the very few th- cases, I think, anyway, where it's actually better than the arcade on NES. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, at least I think so. It's also cool how they how they mix up the level, the levels where some of them you are it's it's like over the shoulder, you know. Every once in a while, you get those over the shoulder levels where it's like the camera is behind your guy, and you're yeah. running forward uh, as opposed to you know just side scrolling. And they, I guess they do that in I know they, they they do that on Super Nintendo as well. Do they do that in Super C? Also, is that like a staple of the series, or is that just something that happens to be in these in those two games? I know they do it in Operation C for Game Boy, but I honestly, it's been so long since I've even looked at Super so they, C. They, I bet they probably do it in Super C then in that case, because yeah. kind of seems to be like a like a trope of theirs. Just kind of like mix up the, the camera, like the, the perspective every now and then. Yep. I love how the box art is like halfway a ripoff of three different movies. <laughs> They've got one guy who looks kind of like Sylvester Stallone from predator they've got one guy who kind of i'm sorry sylvester sorry arnold schwarzenegger from predator they've got one guy who looks kind of like sylvester stallone from rambo and then they've got a monster who looks very much like the alien yep here i'm gonna i'm gonna post something here uh in the chat and it's basically you're you're basically dead on. Okay, it, it pretty much is Arnold. Oh wow, Predator. that's like taken straight from the Arnold art, even. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, so, so so I'm certainly not the first person to think of this, and I, yeah, I, I, I didn't expect I, I was. It's good on you for picking it up though, because that's that's clearly what they're going for. <laughs> it's like, well, our guy has a bandana though. <laughs> I mean, he does too in the right photo, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, it's well, just, not, it's, it's the same color as his hair. No, 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 not but not Arnold. No, in the far right photo, he does. No, that's oh, Sylvester Stallone, you idiot. Oh, geez, sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. I mixed them. They mixed them up. My apologies. <laughs> I think you're talking about the far right photo. I'm like, it's it's the same color as his hair. No, we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger here. And yeah, Arnold on the left, uh, or quote unquote, Arnold on the left has a little bit more muscle definition. He's tilted to the left ever so slightly. Um, he looks a little bit younger, maybe. His face looks different. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, he looks closer, like across, like if he uh, uh, shared a brother with uh, Dolph Lundgren or something like that. <laughs> I love how whoever did this for the alien, <laughs> they got like the baby alien picture that doesn't even really look like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> eh, close enough. Yeah. You guys get the idea. All right, so I played Contra. It was fun. Um, you know, not as amazingly fun as it was back in the day, but it still holds up fairly well, I, I think. Uh, the other one I played is the game that was released only on uh, released in the United States only uh, officially on the Wii U as Earthbound Beginnings. Um, oh. In Japan, it's called Mother, and this is the first game in the series that we, uh, of course, in the States know as Earthbound. This uh, came out in 1989 on Famicom. And, uh, of course, of course, Earthbound for Super Nintendo is an extremely famous, uh, well-loved RPG. But uh, in the States, we never really got Mother 1, which, so, so Earthbound was Mother 2 in Japan. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get Mother 1 in the United States until they released, you know, years later, the port that was only on Wii U, uh, like the Wii U, sh- like eShop or whatever the hell it's called. And I played that version of it. So, uh, wow. I had heard that this game is not very great and you can pretty much just, just pass it up. So I knew that it didn't, you know, follow the same storyline. Uh, obviously it has many similarities, but you don't have to, it, it's not like a earth earthbound doesn't, you know, earthbound slash mother two is not a continuation of mother one. And I'd heard like, you know, you can pretty much just, uh, just skip it if you want. But for some reason, I just, I just really wanted to, uh, I was curious my curiosity got the best of me. And this game is pretty rough. I, wow, I have yeah. to say. As, so you played it, Alex, right? I, I think you said that you were playing it on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I, I just you, went, oof. Yeah, I remember you said like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, basically <laughs> something like that. Um, and what, but, 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 so before, before I talk about the bad things about it, the, the thing that stood out the most about it to me was how very, very similar it is to Earthbound. Besides, yeah. besides not being amazing, um, it's it's basically a rough draft of Earthbound. Interesting. That's um, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, and I I was thinking about this recently because I don't know if this is just I don't know if this is a Japanese a thing that's common in Japanese, you know, art slash fiction, but it it's I was watching the uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion movie recently and that's basically a retelling of the series but with just a few changes here and there and that's and and i remember reading a while back i think it was miyamoto said that every zelda game is kind of like just another version of the same character running through obviously the the stories and the events are, are very different in those but it's not meant to not, at the time I, I think since then they've tried to kind of force a chronology out of the Zelda games, but originally it was meant to be like, here's a Zelda story. And then here's another Zelda story in a whole different time and place that just kind of has some similarities. Here's a third Zelda story in another time and place. That's not really connected, but it just, you know, has the same, some of the same characters and that kind of stuff. That's really kind of how this game was, how, how mother is compared to mother one. Like it even has, uh, the thing where you call your dad to save your game 
and he deposits money into your bank account. And he even says the same thing like, are you going to keep playing or do you want to quit for now? And if you say you want to keep playing, he says, oh, you work too hard just like your mother. Just like in, in Earthbound. Um, it's got uh, even like the battle. Like I think some of the battle music is the same. If not, just all the battle music. It's got the same level up sound that it makes when your characters level up. It does the smash thing when you get a critical hit. It uh, it's got a, it's got a shitty inventory system where you're constantly maxed out on the things you can carry. Uh, what else? The you're, the you're, the main character looks the same, and this one his name is Ninten, whereas in in Earthbound his name is Ness. So obviously there are similarities there. Um, oh, and there's even a part in the game where it asks you. For your name, the the, the character, the, the, the person who's controlling the character. They say, hey, I need to know your name. No, no, no. I need to know the person, like the name of the person who's controlling Nintendo. I need I need that person's name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so like many, many of the ideas in in Mother One, you can tell they took them and they were like, there's some good stuff here. Let's I think we can make a good a better game out of this. And they took all the stuff that they took like pretty much everything they possibly could it seems like and just in earthbound obviously put them together in a way kind of added some other things to the mix to, to where it was awesome but this game's not awesome uh one of the things that that I I don't think people normally point out but that stood out to me a lot is just first off the colors in and, and certainly part of this is just because it's it's Nintendo, but on Earthbound, you think like one of the things that one of the first things that come to mind when I think of Earthbound is colorful everything. The 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 characters are colorful, colorful. The environments are colorful. Even the bad guys are pretty colorful. This game, everything looks severely drab. Everything is just dull reds or tans or greens. And nothing really stands out. It is, it's just kind of less lively to look at in general. Uh, also, the story is very bare bones. Uh, it's just like, okay. I mean, it starts off, it does definitely open with, with, a, with a story where, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess even that's a little bit fragmented. It says like, you know, 40 years ago or however long it was, like 100 years ago, uh, this guy and his wife disappeared. And then years later, just the guy came back <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's the setup for this story. <laughs> and then, uh, but then you find out that, uh, your grandfather, who I think was the guy who came back was doing some research into magic or something like that. And your dad tells you, you got to learn about, you got to read his journal and learn about this. And then it's up to you to kind of save the world. Um, and then that's that's almost it. You you at one point you meet a queen and she tells you that oh here's another thing you you're, you're also picking up musical melodies throughout the game just just like in Earthbound. Uh she tells you there's this song that she needs to remember but she she can't remember it so you have to go like find all all the melodies that comprise this song. And I'm telling you, if if I did not have a walkthrough for, for many reasons, I would not ever have finished this game. But one of the things is there are objects throughout the game. I think there are probably eight melodies or something like that. 
that you pick up throughout the game, I would not have remembered that I'm supposed to be getting these fucking melodies. And sometimes you have to just walk up to an item and 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 you have to go to the menu and do check. Just like in Earthbound where you can check something or talk to somebody. Uh, you go to the menu, you hit check, and it'll say, oh, there's nothing here that's interesting. Or, you know, if there's a chest, he'll open it or whatever it is. There are certain objects in the game where those are the things that have the melodies and you got to walk up to him and press check on them and then he learns the melody. There are There's so much time in between learning most of the mel- melodies that I would not ever have remembered to go and do that. I would just be thinking, okay, I just beat the boss on this dungeon, what's next? Where in reality, you got to walk up to the piano and press check on it. Or in some cases, it's really not obvious. I think there was a dead robot somewhere or something like that that I had to do it on to learn one of the melodies. I 100% would have either forgotten to check things or even if I was thinking about it, there are many things that I would not have thought I needed to check on to get to get a melody from. So that part is... You better be using a walkthrough if if you're playing this game. There are also, like, you remember, Jay, last time I was talking about Xenosaga. And there are, I, I talked about how impossible it was to find two, two things. To find out where you're supposed to go, or if you know where you're supposed to go, how to even get there. Mm. This game mm-hmm. has the exact same two problems. There are times where you come to a new town and you might walk around and talk to everybody, but the place that you have to go is this house that's like a few minutes walk outside of town that you have no reason to know is even there. But just so often some random ass direction, there's a house somewhere and then you got to go find that house and talk to whoever's in it. Uh, and they give you, you know, something that you need to, to advance the story that happened so often that like even if I had known, oh, I gotta find this house somewhere, I probably never would have found it because they're they're kinda of, they're not they're they're not hidden, but when you're viewing the the screen, you only it's kind of zoomed in in a way to where you really can't see too much of what's around you. So it makes it very hard to say, oh, well, I need to go check off you know, check walk off in this direction, check and see what's over here. Because like you could spend all day doing that and find nothing. But at the same time, there are these certain places where you have to go in order to advance the game. That is, I think the biggest problem of the game was there are so many times where I had no idea where in the hell to go. And even if I had known, I would have never figured out how to fucking get there. Sounds uh, like a classic eight uh, bit RPG. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it kind of is. But even, but like even still, Compared to Final Fantasy on NES, compared to Dragon Warrior on NES, mm-hmm. even like those, it's much easier to find your destination than in this game. Much, much easier. Like, you know, when, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it, while you were talking, I was like, huh, I wonder if the manual for this game has a translation for it. And because I know huge fans of the series are lunatics. Um, and sure enough, somebody does have a manual translated on a uh, an Earthbound forum, and in it there is a map that li- uh... that has like a brief description of every location: um, the zoo, the Canary Village, uh, your house, the cemetery, 
Thanksgiving, Reindeer Town, Halloween Town, uh, all that stuff. It, it's that I don't explains know that, it. I don't know if that helps that much, but um, it, there's also like a brief thing on every enemy. It tells you what every item does. If, um, if, that it, that... if it has maps that like just of the full area, that probably helps a lot because I could see you looking at a map and be like, oh, there's this one house all by itself over here. That yeah. might be something worth checking out. That would help a lot. So that that does explain a little bit of it. Um, yeah. Still, that kind of sucks that it's not in the game itself. Yeah, it sucks that it's not in the game itself. And there's also a lot of backtracking where you either have to backtrack to get to a town, you know, to go do something, or you, or you have to backtrack to go get like go back and buy some gear that it's hard to find anywhere else, or to go back and level up because it's it's. It is kind of similar, you know, in Earthbound, whenever you get a new character, they're pretty weak for a little while. But usually, you can kind of stay generally where you are and level up there. Uh, yeah, but in yeah, this your, one, your, yeah. Your character jumps like three levels in one <laughs> Exactly. Like, oh, that's this, always fun. It is fun. and But in this one, you, you, you have to go back to a weaker place or else they're just dead if you try leveling them. Yep. So that's a that's a bit of a bummer that you have to keep going back every time. I mean, I guess you you only that only really happens a f, you know a few times, but but it's still going back and grinding and then like trying to get them some new gear like in the same place every time. Obviously that that's get that gets a little bit dull. Um. Oh, and if somebody dies in your party, it is such a pain in the ass because obviously you have to go to you know, a hospital or whatever it is to get them raised, just just like in Earthbound. But sometimes it's really hard to find a hospital. And I swear there was one town that had a hospital that would not raise the person. I don't know why, but <laughs> like he was just like, oh, I can heal you. That's that's all I can do. And, and like I would try to get him to heal the dead person. He's like, oh, no, nope, sorry, I can't do that or something like that. So I don't know what it was. So I, I was like, where was the last fucking place I saw a hospital? So I'd have to just like go to different towns until I find one that has a hospital. And in the meantime, you know, I've, I've spent 30 minutes just backtracking and wandering to, to random towns, trying mm. to find a hospital. So that part's a big pain also. Um, and then of course the, the, the number one thing that I, that I hear people complain about is the grindiness of it. And Honestly, yes, it is a very grindy game. It is more grindy than Earth. You know, Earthbound itself is a little bit grindy. Uh, this one definitely is more so. But it, I found it to be, uh, grindiness-wise, tolerable. There were only a few times... You know, but, but, well, okay, besides when you get... <laughs> maybe it is more than I'm saying now because I wasn't thinking about when you get new characters. Yes, you do have to go back and grind and get them leveled up because you can't really level them up where you already are. And then, especially early on, you have to grind out a little bit. And then there's one part where you're in a swamp. And, of course, the swamp is basically a maze to get through. Uh, but all the character, all the enemies there are, like, three times harder than anything you've fought so far. So there, I, I did spend about an hour just grinding in the swamp uh, to get my guys up to, you know, up to level. Um so yes, definitely very grindy. It may, maybe what I had heard was just mostly hyperbole and I was just expecting something absolutely insane like Dragon Warrior or something like that. It's definitely not that bad, but at the, but yes, there definitely is a lot of grind uh in this game. Um and then the battles themselves just aren't 
interesting. Um, they, they do have all the quirky kind of bad guys and stuff, just like Earthbound. But every battle, just about every battle, it's just going to be you using attack over and over again. There are a few specific enemies where you'll want to use something different. And especially later in the game, it does get a little bit better about giving you enemies that you, that you, you know, it's best to do something besides just attack them. Uh, and then you also have enough psi points at that time to where you can actually use spells and it's not going to just waste everything you have. Uh, so a little bit later in the game that, that does get better, but especially early on, most of the battles are just really, really boring. Uh, that being said, there are good things about the game. It, it, as I said, it, it does have really all of the quirkiness that, that Earthbound is known for. It has all the weird dialogue. It has the weird enemies. Like one enemy that you fight is a, it's called a mad truck. And it's just basically a dump truck that, uh, that like has an angry face on it. And it's, and it, sometimes it spits, uh, like exhaust at you. Uh, there's, I think a hippie, yeah, there's a hippie that you have to fight. Sometimes there, there are robots that you have to fight. Uh, all, all that stuff is there and, and it's, and it's cool seeing those. It just sucks that the, that the battles are kind of boring. Oh, some of them are just eyeballs, not, not like individual eyeballs, but sets of eyes staring at you that you fight. And they're called mom's eyes and dad's eyes. And, uh, there's another kind of eyes. I don't remember. I don't remember what the other one is, but like, the mom's eyes, you know, have big eyelashes and the dad's eyes look look more masculine. It's really random and, and funny. Uh, and then there's also all the weird dialogue. You know how all the NPCs in Earthbound typically say something really weird? Uh, there's like some of them. Uh, w- there's one guy in his house. And when you talk to him, he says, sorry, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear you over all that guitar playing. What? I'm the one playing guitar. <laughs> and, uh. When, there's one kid in the school that says, I saw like so-and-so steal explosives. I'm scared of what Mr. Teacher is going to say. Uh, <laughs> one kid oh, asks, oh. one kid asks if you've played Super Mario seven, um, things like that. So it's, it's got all the dialogue that, that you expect. There are cool moments in the game. Uh, at one point you get, a, you get a freaking tank in the desert. At one point, you get a giant robot that joins your par- party and he follows you around for a little bit and he basically instantly kills every bad guy that you come across. Um, but it doesn't have all like the same kind of really nice story beats that, that Earthbound does. You know, Earthbound is not a story-heavy game, but the story that is there, there are times that stand... There are, there are moments that stand out, you know, where you're like, oh, wow... I really like, you know, this this part of the story is actually a little bit moving here and there. Um, I think I think I got that a little bit less than a lot of people do out of Earthbound. Um, but this one has has nothing that's like story wise. It really doesn't have anything to offer. It's just. Uh, first off, nothing really happens in the story. And then the, the things that do happen, the, the final boss battle is, is pretty neat. Uh, and it kind of ties into the into the story in a, in a neat way, but that's really it. This, the story is just not. It's just there. It's just like nothing really worth no, nothing really noteworthy about the story. So uh, yeah, that's that's Mother One. It's it's pretty much. I mean, whatever you've heard is is probably accurate. It's not really a very good game. I would agree with that. It's uh, it it 
it kind of became the game for me. I'm trying to think of when I played it. I think it was 2017 or 2018. Um, no, so not, not that long of, ago. Yeah, it it uh, kind of scared me off of 8-bit RPGs. Sure. You know, for a while, just because I, you know, I've gotten my fill for this, like, for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm done uh, for good. It was... Uh, just the, the for me it's just the grindiness um and like you said it's um it is a, a huge pain when um you wander into the wrong area and your whole you know if you manage to survive that then you got to go heal everybody or revive everybody <laughs> yep. at the hospital and god knows where that is so yeah i i hear a lot of uh very valid complaints there but um it do, it's not a complete loss though like you said it's it does have that a similar goofiness and, and charm to it. Nowhere near what Earthbound was able to do. It does feel like, like what did you call it? A demo of? Uh, yeah, of like, a, uh, a, like a like a rough draft. Yeah, rough draft. That's the most accurate way to put it, I think. Yeah, that's that's. It was it, it amazed me at first. Even just like even the towns look the same. You're like your starting town looks very similar. Your house even looks pretty similar. I started off and I was like, wow, this is just like Earthbound. And then more and more stuff just kept on piling up. I was like, okay, this is basically Earthbound. And then Earth, Earthbound like was a redo of this. Yeah. Well, all the all the viewing angles are the same. Like the, the way the overworld is like kind of a diagonal yeah, yeah. slant to it. And then the battle screens are exactly the same. Yep. Uh, the menu system is the same. The inventory is the same. So, yeah, it feels like a, or it was ahead of its time. And then Earthbound was just like, okay, let's do this right. Yeah, and then blew it out of the water. Yeah. All right, so that's what I've got. Jay, uh, I think it's your turn. Cool. Uh, well, I played a couple things that I'm going to touch on very briefly because I've talked about them before on the podcast, and then um, I played something a little bit different this time. So, first of all, thanks to uh, Gaming Jay for making me want to play uh, Rogue Squadron. So I spent several hours playing Rogue Squadron <laughs> again, which was very fun, very frustrating. Wait, which one's that? Uh, Is that the, the sides... one? Say that again? Is that the N64 one? Going no, way it's Super Nintendo. Oh, what? what? No, no, no. UN Squadron? You oh, just, UN Squadron. You said Rogue I you Squadron. Said, oh, I I'm sorry. Said... I meant to say UN Squadron. I don't know why. I was oh, UN Squadron. Squadron is kick-ass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did I really say Rogue Squadron? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure oh, wow. you did. You definitely yeah. did. Um, but yeah, so I spent several hours playing UN Squadron, which was a blast as always. Great music, great gameplay. Very challenging. Even after all the time I've played that game, it is still ridiculously challenging like i had i have a media pc in my living room now so i like actually got my gaming chair out there and had to get really close to the tv because it's just i'm just like i thought i could just sit on the couch and play through it and have fun but nope uh, it still requires a lot of attention so yeah it's a, um, it's a tough game it's so fun it, i just love the music and i love the, yeah. the music matches up with the scenery so well I, I i don't really notice that too much i've always appreciated music but damn does it match with the scenery well right um I've also been playing, what else have I been playing on Super Nintendo? I played a couple different games, but the most of the time I spent playing uh, was Mega Man X, uh, which was pretty fun. It was just kind of a random, I was watching somebody on Twitch who was looking at different games they wanted to ultimately try speedrunning, and they started playing Mega Man X, and I was like, you know, it's it's been a while. I think the last Mega Man game I played for the podcast was 2, which was a really good game. Um, I, I really enjoyed playing playing that quite a bit, so... Um, decided to hop on and play Mega Man X. It's been a long time since I've put a good amount of time back into this. Played it a decent amount when I was growing up. It was one of those games that I didn't personally own, I don't think. I just played it at other people's houses. 
So actually, no, I know I didn't own it because I didn't own a Super Nintendo. What am I talking about? So <laughs> um, anyways, so Mega Man X uh, came out in, ooh, 93? Shoot, I had it up before. Yeah, 93 sounds right. Let me double check. Somebody's going to yell at me for it otherwise. Well, actually. I was just about to ask you for the well, actually voice. That You beat me to it. Thank you. <laughs> well, let me make sure. Okay, I think it was 93 is what I saw. Of course, my internet browser is going to take forever. Ah, screw it. I'm too lazy, man. But oh, there it's it is. It's 93. 93. December, yeah, yeah. Se- almost, almost 94, but it, December 17th, 1993. One week plus one day later, and you might have had some problems. We would have had some angry emailers. One week and two days. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man X is a, a very fun game. Uh, you know, it has the the typical uh, setup where you basically get to select the boss you want to do. You know, ba- the boss has a certain weakness. When you beat a boss, you get a weapon that you can swap to. Uh, certain bosses are weak to certain weapons. So you kind of have to figure out the ordering for the game. And it surprisingly makes a pretty big difference. Um, the levels themselves, for the most part, aren't too bad. There's a couple of really annoying uh, instant kill mechanics that are annoying in some of the levels. But pre- predominantly, the challenging part of the levels is realistically the bosses. Um, some of the bosses are more annoying than others. And having the their weakness makes it really, really, really good. Uh, so the levels, so levels themselves are pretty darn cool. Um, again, kind of talking about the music matching up with the scenery. Mega Man X does an excellent job on this. The the music is, has such a good, um, such good soundtracks for each level. They align very well with with the scenery itself. And I will say as well, the backgrounds are kind of stunning at times. I would take I would take a few moments here and there and just kind of like stare at the background because they did a really good job of just I don't know just just creating an overall atmosphere. And this is obviously you know a two D game, so it's pretty impressive when they can add a background that really draws your attention. But also, even if you don't stare directly at it, it just adds some character to the level. It, yep. it really adds another another uh, future to it. So um, the bad guys, bad guys for the most part are pretty, pretty uh, they rotate quite a bit. They're, there's a lot of repetitive bad guys, as you can imagine. You know, They may change some of the coloring or some of the shapes on them, but they generally have similar mechanics to ones you saw previously, or, or excuse me, in earlier levels. Um, some of them are more annoying than others. Wait, the bosses have the, similar mechanics to other bosses? No, the monsters, like the, the mobs and the levels themselves. Oh, okay. I was about to say, wait a minute. I don't know if I agree with that. No, no. The bosses generally have, have very unique mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, it's the general same strategies. Avoid getting hit. Use your power up and then hit the crap out of them when you can. Uh, the, the primary mechanics for Mega Man, obviously, you, you can shoot. You can't shoot up. You can shoot left and right. Um, what's kind of interesting, though, is for me, I, I don't know if this is my Xbox controller because I'm, I'm emulating this. I think I'm going to get a new controller because the um, reactions from Mega Man were kind of slow. Like I would, I would um, try to like shoot backwards consistently. Like basically if you're running to the right, you jump, you know, press left, shoot to the left and then move right again to keep going just to shoot things that are coming at you. But at times it was the reaction of Mega Man was pretty slow. And I'm not sure if that's the input of my controller or if that's how the game actually feels. Do you guys know? You probably just don't have good reaction time. No, what I'm telling you is I'm not reacting to something. <laughs> I, I'm jumping and then like shooting backwards. I'm but, like, just joking. I'm actual, just trying to blame it on you. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> uh, I don't think that's what it was. I did try playing on my keyboard a little bit later and it felt better, but it still felt, I don't know, it felt like the inputs were, were kind of slow for I, it. I don't remember noticing that when I when I played it, Alex. Okay. No, no, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I that's a game I've owned for forever. Yeah. So I'm used to playing it on the original hardware. It might be... Uh, the, the emulation it might be the controller i don't know i was thinking as well it's, it's either got the emulation maybe it's the controller i mean the controller is a xbox 360 to commercial or commercial controller from from <laughs> uh, an original too. purchase 
for my, oh, yeah? for my PC for like S9X and, uh, you know, MAME and that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I might have to get a newer then. I think it might just be an old because it, it, it uh, the buttons themselves feel a little, eh, they just, they don't feel great anymore. So I noticed it because I was trying to play UN Squadron. I ended up playing UN Squadron on my keyboard as well, just because I don't know, it just oh, didn't man, feel like the inputs were 100% there. It's not, it's not bad because I mean, you only use a couple buttons like once you get accustomed to it, but it is a little weird to get used to it first. Yeah, sure. I played. What's the what's the worst game? Like, what's the worst uh, translation to keyboard game that you've played with a keyboard? Probably buying a commando, just trying to do the angle shots to like hook <laughs> oh around and stuff. God. Oh wow, that's it was really hard. It yeah, was I was I was gonna say like some sort of like side scroller, you know? Uh, yeah. I did so, something something where it just would not. Where I'm trying to think. I did super maybe Meat Castlevania. Boy. <laughs> oh, super, super Meat, Meat Boy. Boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. At least was... there's only a couple buttons for that game. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so anyway, the levels themselves are pretty fun. Um, there were a couple annoying mechanics. I mean, the, the instant death mechanics were kind of frustrating. Now, I will say the game gives you a lot of ability to avoid instant death mechanics, and it's primarily from falling or falling into spikes. Um, obviously, you can cling to walls and then jump your way back up. But there were certain parts where you'd get like bumped off an edge and you just couldn't get back close enough to the edge to be able to like jump your way back up. Or you'd be, you know, on a platform that's moving really quickly and then it would just like shoot you off and you would you would just miss the edge uh, of being able to cling back on. So it's it's kind of annoying because throughout the levels, you know, if you take damage, it's pretty easy to regain health because you can just turn around, respawn some mobs and then burn them down and usually get enough health to either, you know, get a good amount of your health back or even in a lot of cases get full health. So I really like that mechanic because it, it made it so you could basically like recover partway through a level. And there are checkpoints throughout the levels, but man, some of the instant death falls were just brutal and really annoying, um, especially before you have the dash. Uh, there was one jump in particular that I, I just, I didn't realize that I was going to get the dash so early or could get the dash so early. And then I was like, okay, now that I have it, like this jump is substantially easier because I, I had to like get right to the very edge before I could jump. Otherwise yeah. I would miss the, I would miss the gap itself. So, yep. Um, and then as you progress through the game, you get different different upgrades for for your character. Like I kind of mentioned right now, the dash mechanic or the dash ability is pretty cool. Um, there's some other things you can do, like weapon upgrades. You can get a helmet upgrade that I think reduces your damage taken. There's also a number of weapons you get throughout the game. As I mentioned, some of them are more powerful against other bosses than others. So that that part was pretty cool to me. I tried not to look up any guides of uh, which bosses to do in order. You know, once I figured out that the the penguin had the uh, had the dash that was obviously the first one i wanted to do and then from there i just started trying to figure out the bosses that were weak to his ability and then i could basically start going through there um, i didn't make it to the latter part of the game i tried not to use any save states which is oh, kind ouch. of free. yeah so it was uh <laughs> it was uh, pretty challenging at times there was there were some times when i was like ah, i should save here like i'm doing really good i haven't died yet i already have the boost mechanic and i've beaten two levels like ah, i should just save here and i'm like ah let's just keep going and then i would die and I'd be like i should have saved <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you how far did you finish the game no 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 i got i think the closest i got was like five or six bosses okay uh, the, actually, the final um like post uh bosses level you know where you beat them all and then you go to the the yeah. levels after that they get fucking hard yeah, actually, I, I was reading people were talking about that as well, because I was like, man, I should just use save states and just play through the game, because people were saying like some of the I think it's like the second gauntlet, I guess we'll call it. It mm -hmm. seems like some of those bosses are pretty crazy, which is pretty, pretty exciting, though, too. There's a spider that comes up that uh, there's like these four bars that show up and the spider uh, is randomized its movement as it comes down on top of you. 
it is really you got to be really handy with the dash to to get past that one. oh i just i just looked it up i remember the spider now yeah it's pretty fun i like it a lot uh, mega man x is one of my favorites so yeah the yeah, chameleon this... huh? oh sorry go ahead. i was gonna say alex i remember you saying this is one of your favorite mega mans yeah i my, my one of my favorite parts is when you get the the mega buster upgrade or i guess it's not mega buster because it's that's the original x-men well actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> mega man x has something i think it's just an arm cannon in, oh the x are you talking about the x buster x buster yeah technically that's what it's called but you can you can um get a second charge for that and that translates over to the boss weapons so and one of the most handy ones that i always used was uh the force field where it's the weapon you get from i think it's armored armadillo and it allows you to climb like rob you might remember this like when you get past all eight bosses and then you get to the wily levels so to speak like the 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 levels after those mm -hmm. there's a section where you you jump uh, there's insta death pit underneath you and you're jumping on these moving platforms to try and get to the to the castle entrance so to speak and there are these enemies coming at you left and right but if you throw on the um armored armadillo weapon charge it up and use it as a force field it's smooth sailing i vaguely remember that actually kind of yeah I have Otherwise, a really bad game memory. If you don't do that, it is a massive pain in the ass. And I don't, in fact, I don't understand how anybody can do it without that, without that weapon. Cause it is really, yeah, it is really hard. Um, I love using the boss weapons though. There's some fun boss weapons in that game. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what, what, what's the, what's the teleporting guy's name with the horns he throws the oh gosh uh, i don't remember any i only remember magnus, two names magnus centipede i think um i got a list of you, boss names when I you beat him you get a homing missile and that's super super fun to use i don't see a centipede name is that maybe i'm getting the wrong uh, name here there, what is Steel it? Penguin, Spark Mandrill, Launch Octopus, Boomer, Kuwanger, Stink Boomer Chameleon. Kuwanger, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Boomer, Kuwanger. <laughs> Boomer. So <laughs> you get uh, him, uh, his uh, weapon, and uh, it's a, just a homing missile. And that's really fun to use. And I think, if I remember correctly, the elephant, whatever his name, like Flame Mammoth, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, that one was Mammoth, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a freaking straight up flamethrower. That's fun to use too. I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm really, 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 really bad at doing voices, but I'm gonna try to do the well actually voice to correct <laughs> you that mammoth is not an elephant, but he's a mammoth. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, actually, no, that was really bad. <laughs> actually, <laughs> the <laughs> flame mammoth is a is a mammoth. It's a mammoth. Whoa, guys! Again, the opening again. <laughs> Holy crap! He's scared me. Hey, question. Well, what? What's the trick for the uh, for the sting chameleon? I could not avoid the falling spikes to save my freaking life. Who, is it just you need to have the right power up to beat him easily? You need to have the right weapon. He, okay, he is a another pain in the ass boss. Oh, oh my god, that boss is irritating the shit out of me. I was just chameleon? like, I, I'm trying to dodge them. Yeah, he like he go, it's a chameleon, so he goes into stealth. When he comes out, he drops like spikes from the ceiling. They fall so fast, like you have like yep. half a second to dodge them. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, and the screen shakes, which is kind of disorienting because oh, yeah. you, you don't usually see that in other boss fights. But um, whoa, I'm trying to think what weapon you use on him. It's the boomerang. Oh, I do remember him being a yeah. huge pain. 
Um, I forget who you get the boomerang from though, but um, probably the yeah. probably uh, probably boomer, right? Boomer Kawanger. Oh yeah. Oh, you oh, know what? I'm getting mixed up. But you use you use the the missiles to beat Boomer Kawanger, and then you get the and then you get the boomer ring. The boomerangs from Boomer Kawanger. Yeah, this video I just pulled up has him using the boomerang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember who you get the missiles from. It must be the octopus. Maybe. I think it's the octopus. Okay. What do y'all think is a cooler name, Chill Penguin or Launch Octopus? They're both okay. I feel like Launch Octopus is kind of cool. I don't know. Chill Penguin is just kind of like, I feel like it's low hanging fruit to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chill Penguin's a bit redundant, <laughs> but it sounds it sounds so awesome though. Oh yeah, I, we know where you're at on this. No, 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 but no, but I think no, I like Launch Octopus better. But to me, those are the two quintessential coolest Mega Man boss names. You don't like uh, Boomer Kawanger? <laughs> that one's all right, but it's not. It's funny. It's not cool like Chill Penguin <laughs> or Launch Octopus. Uh, Spark Mandrill is kind of cool. Spark Mandrill kind of sounds like he sounds like a Simpsons character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they got Spark Mandrill from the the Peter Gabriel song "Shock the Monkey." I'm not Peter Cause, Gabriel. Because Mandrill monkey. Spark I don't remember how that goes. Oh, uh, it's it's after he uh, um, left Genesis. I think it's on his first solo, one of his first solo albums after he left Genesis. But it's like cover me, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. yeah. Anyway. I, I I I'm sorry to let you down, but we're me and Jay are not as good at '90s talk as Travis is. Hey, that's '80s. That class '80s talk, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Even even though I grew up at the exact same time as you did, I think every like half the shit you guys talk about, I'm like, huh? <laughs> like most, like a lot of the bands. Okay, yeah, a lot of the bands I can keep up with, but especially when you throw individual people's names, in particularly if they were not music related, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I don't know who it was. I guess it was a sports guy or something. <laughs> well. It helps to have older siblings, uh, and I had two that were uh, older. You know, they so Me I'm too. Just basically, yeah. What's that? Are we the same person? <laughs> Wait, it could be because he had older siblings, <laughs> and you also did. <laughs> yeah, we were also born around the same time. Eighty-two. That's two for me. things, Robert. No, he. Oh, was, you are a little bit older. He's than older than you. He's he's not. Yeah. Come on, Jay. Well, actually, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I just copied what they did. Like, I remember being really young. Um, so do they just being... run around the house yelling famous people's names all day or something? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they do. They're just <laughs> shouting at the top of their lungs, like, uh, uh, uh David Lee Roth. You know, like... <laughs> What's another yeah. good one? Uh, Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> Jeff Ament. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, my sister, I remember she was just like, was all about like Tears for Fears, Duran Duran, Depeche Mode. So I got into that and I, you know, I, I was one of those kids that like got into, uh, it's like, I need like something physical to like look at. So while the album would be playing, the cassette would be playing, I would be uh, looking through the lyrics and all the pictures and stuff like that. So I learned who those people were. So I know who Dave Gahan and Martin Gore and Andrew Fletcher 
uh, I forget the fourth guy's name is in Depeche Mode, but yeah, fun. Damn, yeah, you you got a good, you got the old '90s encyclopedia brain. <laughs> it's pretty. St- it's really has not come in in in, in handy yet. It <laughs> might someday. But still waiting for that day, but we'll, we'll see. It'll come. Okay, Jay, back to Mega Man X. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I've always loved fun, fun tangents. Uh, that's really all I had to say. Um, it's a very fun game. Music is fantastic. Art is great. Uh, it is very frustrating at times, especially if you are trying to relearn certain uh, weaknesses of bosses. And as I kind of talked about, the Sting Chameleon was one of those ones that made me very frustrated because I just kept trying to burn my way through it. But yeah, it was uh, not not a good time in that piece. That part of it was not, but the rest of it was really good. What's your favorite Mega Man game? Um, I would say, oh, this, that's tough. I feel like two and X are really comparable for me. I don't know. I, yeah. I really enjoyed my last playthrough of two. I don't know. I, 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 for me, I like, there's like slight things that I think each of them have that I appreciate more, but I don't know. That is a tough question to be honest with you. I got to ask you about X though. Um, what did you think of dash being the a button? Did you think of remapping that? To like- I totally did. I you absolutely did? did. What the hell was that? Like, I, I, I usually put jump there. Yeah, it, I, I didn't it, understand that. You do the lobster claw with your index finger. It, it was really, so what I ended up doing is I did one of the bumpers as the dash button. Oh, that's um, somebody po- yeah. Because I, yeah. I was trying to read online. I'm like, why don't I have dash yet? And then somebody's like, you have to get it from a boss. I'm like, or, I'm like, or you get it from a level. And I'm like, oh. And then some guy's like, by the way, bind this to L or R. And I'm like, that is a genius play. Like, that is a yeah. thousand IQ play. Yeah, it's yeah. way better. It makes jumping easier, the, yep. the longer jump. And all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't understand why. At least there's the option to remap, remap it. But if there, was, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I wish you could do it in the middle of the levels, though. You can only do it uh, at the main menu, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. This is a dumb question, but it's Capcom that makes the Mega Man games, right? Correct. Okay. Come on, Capcom. <laughs> that was just so I could say that. Come on. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I played because I played three games, but I actually cannot remember what the maybe, third one was. I downloaded a whole library of games for maybe you for played Rogue uh, Squadron. No, I didn't play it. That game is incredibly frustrating. Holy shit. That game is super frustrating. I will probably play that at some point, but I was gonna play uh I was thinking about playing Rebel Assault soon. That game is pretty frustrating too. I don't remember much. Oh, was Rebel Assault N64? Um, uh, Rogue's Rebel Assault. I thought you were going to Rogue Squadron was GameCube, right? Which one? I think Rogue Squadron is GameCube. Is Rebel Assault 64 or which? Rebel Assault. No, the Rebel Assault was like a CD ROM game. Oh, okay. Oh, it looks like they did a PS. Oh, Rebel Assault 2. There was a port for PlayStation. Yeah, I, I want to say Rebel Assault got a Genesis port. But I could be. Oh, wrong. I wanted to ask you, by the way, thoughts on Lion King at SNES versus <laughs> on Lion King? Uh, it's yeah. freaking like laugh out loud f- difficult. Like, it's oh. one of the hardest games. <laughs> it is ridiculous, man. I, I, I hate how you it. can't you can't even understand or digest where the actual platform begins. That is the most frustrating thing about that game uh, to me. There's something about like controlling a four legged animal in a game like that that makes it kind of weird. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> controlling four legged animal, it just it just it, like it has to complete the animation cycle before it stops. You know what I mean? It's got a, a little bit of a weirder momentum to it. But the the stage where you have to 
um is it the rhino's tails or elephant's tails you have to like cling to oh yeah that I, I fucking got second level so many times i rented this game uh, a bunch of times as a child too it's tiny hitbox that you have to grab in order to just to get to the other side of this <laughs> it's like the most basic pitch thing and the game doesn't get get harder or the game uh doesn't get any easier after that either oof it's tough, yeah. I I don't I don't really enjoy that one. There's some games that are really hard that I really dig, like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, but that one I, I've never really liked. Yeah, likewise, it's one of those games that I went back after Robert and I started doing the podcast early on. Just like I think I could beat this. Like I don't think it'll be that hard. And I was just like, nope. I got the, at the first level. I'm just like, yep. I'm gonna play anything else but this. <laughs> uh, I remembered what the third game is. Oh I'm yeah. Playing. Uh, it's Final Fantasy Tactics. I don't know how I oh, forgot that f- I was playing this. Well, because I was trying <laughs> to think of a Super Nintendo game. I was trying to think of a Super Nintendo game, and I forgot that I ended up downloading a, a PS uh, PS One emulator as well. So, uh, which well, by the way, your as, favorite as game ever made. Listen, listen. I don't have the best memory of all time. So, uh, how, many, but no. how many times have you beaten that game? Yeah, it's probably in the double digits at this point. To be honest, with you. <laughs> yeah. it's it's just such an incredible game. I started playing, and I'm, I'm probably like six or seven battles in, and it's just like I, I I made some rules myself to make it a little bit more challenging. But it's just such a great game. I love the job classes. I love just everything about it. So, uh, so are you do you want to say anything more about it, or just that's no? Just that's it. I'm not gonna talk. I've talked about it like a thousand <laughs> times in here. So. <laughs> Is there any other game out there that, that like a tactics oriented game out there that compares to it? Like any like front mission kind of a deal or ogre battle, anything like that? Um, a little bit. The problem with ta- the problem with like every other uh, turn based RP or like tactical RPG like that. I just there's so much that has that it has going for it between the music, the art style, which I love the original art style. Plus mm. the sound effects are fantastic. I love all, everything from like the sword slashes to people dying to the spells going off and I love some of the punishing systems of like how the magic interacts with people and how like I was playing the other day and, and this guy ca- was casting fire on me and I got to go before him so I moved right next to him so then he kills himself with his own spell and I just love that. Like, it, <laughs> I do remember a lot of that. Uh, especially the summons right the summons can't hit any, can only hit allies or enemies you actually can't hurt yourself with your own summons well, but the summons know, know, yeah I know but like I would usually have an ally like uh, stupidly tell one to walk where i had just oh, told someone saying. to come or something like that because don't they take it don't they take a second to cast they take a, a few to they take a few to several turns it depends yeah, there's like that's that go into it but yes i, I found summoner in my last playthrough really enjoyable i generally didn't like it because of how long the queue is for their abilities yeah obviously they're really impactful but damn when they go off it is painful for whoever's getting hit by it they do or, AOE, really right? Helpful. Like, are those, they're like basically the only spells that Big do AOE, AOE, right? Uh, kind of the, I think the later installments of like fire and stuff are pretty, pretty decent in terms of AOE. But yeah, summons okay. are a massive, now I'm going to play Final Fantasy Tactics tonight. Thanks guys. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> um, it's an incredible game. I, I always play summoner just on principle because I just really like the summoner classes. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember, I do remember it being tougher to use in that one. Yeah, they they die really easily too. Like if they if the opponent has an archer, um, which God man, Dorter. If you don't remember Dorter, <laughs> Dorter is is the first real hurdle in that game for me. And if I can get through Dorter pretty easily, I'm in a good spot. And the reason that Dorter is so challenging is it's very early in the game, so you don't have obviously high level classes. The people you're playing against have black mages, knights, and archers, which are 
you know, they're the first tier of classes, we'll call them. They're they're not the base level, but they're the next step up. You know, knights are pretty damn tanky, have high health, do good melee damage. Black ma uh, black uh, magicians or wizards do obviously substantial damage, but also you don't have a lot of health at this point. And they have, in this game, obviously it, it hits five squares, so it can easily AOE and hit multiple people. But the most challenging thing I realized this time is the fact that when the enemy starts, when you start the battle, you're in, let's say, like the bottom right corner of this map. They have archers directly to the left of you that are really highly elevated. And because of that, they get amplified damage because archers do more damage when they're at higher elevation than you. Okay. So the map, the game, the, the, the map starts and there's these two archers up there, which you have two allies with you that sprint at them and run them down and basically kill them within a few turns. But the first couple turns, they are terrorizing your party. I mean, they're hitting you for, you know, somewhere in the 20s, you have maybe 50 health and a potion heals for 30. So if you hit by two of them in the same turn, you could ultimately die if they roll high or if they crit. <laughs> And then if you die early on, by the way, you probably don't have res or Phoenix down at this point. And if you do, the, the amount of health that they're going to resurrect with is going to be one-shottable. So if you get behind early, you are probably in a really tough spot. I, I executed it really well. I took the fight really slow and just kind of let uh, Delita and Algus burn down the two archers on the hill. And then once they had that cleared away, then I started to expand more into the map. Okay. But Dorder is just such a brutal battle, especially for being so early on. What party are you going to use on this playthrough, do you I think? I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm limiting myself. I'm trying not to do the, the, there's like the really, really common early game strat, which is just mass chemist for a while to yeah. get a, get like auto potion. So I'm not going to use auto potion in this playthrough, which I've never done before. I have no idea how hard that's going to be because auto potion, for those who don't know, this is a obviously a turn-based turn um, tactical tactical game. So if, if you get hit, you have, uh, you, your character will immediately use a potion and it uses the lowest level potion you have in your inventory. So if you have a regular potion or a high potion or an X potion, it will use any of them, but it'll use the lowest form of it. So if you basically throw away all your regular potions and high potions, then they will start using X potions, which basically for 99% of the game, if you get hit, the X potion will outheal the amount of damage you've taken. So you are a rap god, essentially. And you can just walk around and do whatever you want. <laughs> and the game becomes it becomes pretty easy for the most part. So I'm going to try playing without auto potion. Um, I don't know. Last time I had Ramza be an archer for a while, which I really enjoyed. Um, there's some other classes I don't generally use. I almost always use a ninja because the ninjas do insane damage. They're dual wielding. Uh, they're just crazy damage. I usually like to play with a Dragoon at some point. I probably will play with a summoner this time quite a bit. I think summoner's kind of cool. Um, I have a time I have a time mage right now, which I'm really super fun. I mean, having haste is a really cool thing. I love uh, time mage. mage. I love it. Like they they have such a cool balance. Like they have haste, they have slow, they have stop, they have uh, don't act, they have don't move, they have meteor, which is just a crazy ability. But the cool thing about Final Fantasy Tactics is it's not always the core abilities that you're using offensively or defensively that are the most beneficial parts of the classes. Because there's the abilities that you learn that you can use. There's the ones that are basically reactions. So if something happens, you do this. The Time Mages is really cool. It's a, it's a really cool mechanic. It, I forget what it's titled, but essentially if they get hit, if they get hit to, uh, at low HP, they instantly get to go next, which is such huh. an interesting mechanic for such an old game. Um, they, there's, so there's one that's like basically reactionary. There's one that's like consistent. So it might be like plus move or ignore, um, water effects or ignore traps or ignore heights. Like there's these ones that are basically consistent buffs that you get no matter what you're doing. Um, early on, there's like a move plus one or a move plus two, which is kind of cool. There's like move, find items for the chemist, which I've never used. I'm tempted to actually try it out. I'm curious to see how good it is, but it's basically anytime you're moving in a battle, you have a chance to just find an item and it could be anything. It's probably going to be dog do most of the time, but even the times it's not, it's like, okay, that, that's kind of a cool mechanic. 
Um, we got so him, your character's we got him going, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at you. you get. Uh, so yeah, when you when you sign your characters, you know you can assign different abilities to them, and obviously it's a job based game. So you have your primary class, which is what you're set as, but then any secondary class you have leveled, you can then set that as your secondary, which allows you to use some of the abilities from that class. So the mixing matching uh, the job class in this game is just so well done. Um, the JP gaining is really exciting. Like the as your characters level up, you feel it. Like this is one of those games when you get certain abilities, you absolutely feel it. But the game does a good job of balancing it to where if you basically save up a bunch of JP and just get a super powerful ability, you may be only able to use that like once or twice in a fight based on the mana cost. So the game does a pretty good job of balancing that. However, there are some exploits for farming JP, but that doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm a couple hours in. I'll probably play this periodically and, and talk about it occasionally, but still my favorite game of all time without question. Love the dialogue, love the story. I love the way that they talk in this game too. Just the actual written dialogue. So. Mm -hmm. And you love the death the death yell, right? Oh, it's such a good one. Every time I get, every time it happens, I'm like, yes. It's such a, it's, it's such a rewarding feeling. Like you you feel it in your bones. It's one of those, those kind of uh, sounds or voice acts, I guess. I'm going to see if I can do it. No, please don't. You're gonna yell and it's gonna shut up. Ah! No, that was bad. Well, I was trying to go. Nope. Ah! Okay. Uh, I, I told you, you I'm up. terrible. I can't do any. Oh, I don't know why you keep you. trying. Ah! I love the echo of it too. That that, the that's the thing so that they far. removed. They removed that in. Uh, I think the the one of the re-releases of it. Maybe yeah, it was they the, took out the, the echo. Vita. That's like it's the best part of the, the yeah. death anime or the death i love it it's such a good sound and especially when you kill certain people because there are certain characters we will not mention in this in this uh, call that are absolute pieces of shit and i hope they die <laughs> and they do uh when they die when you kill them and when you get the echo noise you feel really like you feel validated you feel really good yeah anyways all right so you're still a fan it sounds like Oh, God, I will be forever. This is one of those games I play every couple years. You know what's crazy? I haven't done a Final Fantasy X playthrough in a while either. Oh shit! So, if you wait, it's been, it's if been you a, wait like a, a year, years. I might be I might be there in a year. Yeah, I'll we probably play it again with you in a year. I love I love Final Fantasy X. It's a good one. It might, I'm trying good. to think. I was thinking about this the other day, but that might be my favorite Final Fantasy game. It's it's up there for me for 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 non tactical like right, just kind right. of the standard. For the main yeah. ones, that's your favorite um, one, right? I would say for me it goes like ten nine seven probably yeah okay. I think I think I think ten is my favorite not I nine after my last playthrough of it or, or actually I never beat it I still have my file like eighty percent of the way done or whatever but really enjoyed nine nine is a it's a very good game it holds up well for me I, I thought it was a, a very good game nine is in the same category as four I think where they're mm. both super underappreciated they're they're both really good yeah it's it's actually interesting to too. It. Everybody always talks about seven, which I have the highest respect for for Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, mm. I played through it a lot as a child, but man, playing through it again in the last couple of years, I still really enjoy the game. But the story just—it doesn't do enough for me. Seven's story is just kind of all over the place at times, and I feel like the end is just—they tried to do too much in such a short amount of time, which is crazy because mm. the game's so long <laughs> that it just doesn't—it just doesn't set right with me. Ten did this a little bit for me, but. I feel like they executed on it well. Seven, I just feel like at times I'm just like, wait, what are we trying to do again? Wait, what happened? Like, who is this guy? Like, well, oh, yeah, actually, right. if you pay attention to the story, it's quite obvious. Uh, actually, yeah. Listen. <laughs> um, seven, to me, the story always felt like uh, the, the, the roots and the seeds were placed in six for what they eventually wanted to tell hmm. in seven. Because there's so many similarities with Celis and... Um, you know, uh, 
they kind of splits the Celis character in two different directions where you have Aerith, who's not as, uh, you know, she, she, she's the flower girl and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's a little more uh, reserved and all that sort of stuff. And then you got like the kick-ass character in Tifa. Um, Celis was kind of both of those put together where she was an ass kicker, but she would she need she had this like other side of her that needed to come out hence the hence the opera and all that kind of crap with with Locke. um i don't know that's just one example out of uh, a lot that i could i could pick from but that's that's always the vibe i got from it is that it's like oh what if we just took six and just kind of rearrange the story rearrange the characters a little bit and uh actually have a main character with uh with cloud um, the, the challenge I have with seven too is like the side characters. I feel like some of them you get vested into, and you just don't really get enough for them. Like yeah. I feel like Red Thirteen, you know, we get a good amount of story for him, especially you know with everything that happens, and and then it just kind of dies off from there. Like you really don't have much development from there. I'll be honest with you, I find Aerith to be one of the most boring characters in that game. I also uh, find Tifa to be pretty darn boring. I, uh, I just I I want to see more from them. It's not that I think that they're like boring people it's just i want the game to give me more depth on them because like sid i feel like you get so much about sid and it's really interesting and like it keeps you keep learning kind of pieces about sid throughout the game vincent's kind of like red 13 you get like a blast of his story and then you don't really hear you hear like pieces of it and then it starts to tie into the end kate sith kind of the same thing but i don't know it just it i felt like actually like Aerith, tifa and barrett to me feel like three characters that i don't feel like you're given enough to go off of other than they know cloud like that's that was my struggle with my last playthrough with it. Do you, do you guys agree with me or am I crazy? Do you, do you guys feel like there's a lot of substance there that I just overlooked, or do you guys do you guys feel like those characters need need more love? No, I, I, I think I agree. The family thing, huh? Which Barrett does have the family thing, which is I guess that's true. It, it it's taken a little bit from science. and the dying stuff. I guess a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it kind of falls off too, right? Like after the first disc, I mean, do you really get much more Barrett arc? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so, not. right? Yeah, I wouldn't. Doesn't seem like it now that you mention it. Yeah, I think. Keep in mind, I haven't played eight or nine, but to me, ten is the most character focused one. Some of them, I will agree. I feel like Waka is a really boring character. He's just like the super predictable religious person. I hate that. Yeah, him I and mean, Lulu sure. Up together. Yeah, there are problems, but I mean, like overall. The characters that it does focus on, it focuses on a lot more. Whereas in the most of the other ones, yes, there are characters that that the characters themselves are important, but overall they seem more like big picture plot oriented. Yeah, I feel like they get the same. I feel like Arin, Yuna, and Titus get the same level of attention that Cloud does. I feel like Kamari has a good story. I I'll be honest. I feel like Lulu and Waka are the Hermione and Ron of 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 Harry Potter. Just they, they were like, yeah, we don't have to do with them. Let's just put them together at the end. Like it just <laughs> for me, that's that. It's always rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like that was a really lazy writing. They were just like, I don't know what else to do with these characters. Like Waka was this super ant or super pro religious person finds out that everything about the church is evil, Whoa. and suddenly his whole life flipped upside down. It's just. And oh, his brother's death is like his identity, basically. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just I wanted more out of Waka and out of Lulu. I feel like Kamari had a good amount of story to him. Obviously, Titus, Yuna, and Arin are great. Riku has her moments. She's pretty interesting. Like she has some pretty good, some pretty good pieces to her as well. But I don't know. I just I wanted more out of those two characters for sure. And Ten Two did no justice. <laughs> I will tell you that right no. now. I've What's heard the enough. Point of Ten Two, money. 
is money well, an answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from the things I've heard about Ten Two, I have to imagine they were purposefully just fucking around, right? If they just did something harmless that didn't relate back to the first game, <laughs> I would have been on board with it, right? Like something, but the, somehow they tried to tie in Titus. Which spoilers if you guys haven't played the game and are going to play the game. I'm sorry, first of all, but second of all, you're not missing much. Uh, the story is just so bizarre because yeah. it, it's like, if I remember correctly, it's like, oh, they find this sphere video of Titus. It's some webcam from, you know, some Middle Eastern country. <laughs> so you have to try and find him. <laughs> it's it's a sphere. They find this, a video of, of Titus and he's like trying to escape. But then it turns out not to be Titus. It's actually this oh. guy who looks just like him. And he's playing this big ass <laughs> Oregon and it, he's the last boss. It, it's just like, what am I doing? No, I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like the Mr. Sparkle arc in The Simpsons, where it's, the logo looks like Homer, and they like, "Yeah, no, that's, that's basically what it was." That's not Homer. That's just a fish bulb. Yeah, <laughs> ten two is a, a brutal one. But when you do play Robert, I'll probably play with you again just okay. to just to suffer with you. That'd be fun. So, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics is a fantastic <laughs> game. <laughs> all the characters in that game get all the love they need. I love the characters in that game. Twenty minutes later. <laughs> We live well, back around. Okay, nice. awesome. So it's <laughs> so you still like it? I love it. All right, top fives. Uh, our top five list for this episode, as I mentioned earlier, is our picks for the 2021 Strong Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame inductees. Every year, they announce ten finalists. And they, well, we were just looking back at this. Nowadays, it looks like they uh, actually induct four of them. Is that the right word? Induct? Is that the right verb I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, four of the ten into the Hall of Fame. It looks like they used to do six, and now they do four. We're going to pick our top five anyways. So the, the list of finalists for this year are Animal Crossing, Call of Duty, Farmville, FIFA International Soccer, Guitar Hero, the Mattel Football 1997 Handheld, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Pole Position, Portal, StarCraft, Tron, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Let's let's go in reverse order. So, Jay, what was your number five pick? Uh, My number five was Portal. Uh, I actually not like the biggest fan of Portal, to be honest with you. I, I don't really like hate it or love it. I know people generally are absolutely infatuated with this game. Never really did a whole lot for me, but I do respect it for what it is. I think it's an incredible game. I mean, it sparked so many memes and just it's still referenced at all times with, with, with excuse me with different things online. So, um, you know, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, I totally respect it for what it is. And I feel like it should be in. Solid. Same. I actually didn't put it in my top five, but it is one of my favorite games ever. Yeah, uh, it's I, I kind of feel the same way I think Jay does about it. It's not one of my favorite ever, but I do really like it. I think it's a it's a great game. It's just uh, it didn't quite like hit me the same as it, it did many other people. My number five is Flight Simulator. It's uh, because it's it, it's one of those games that that does something very different tries to appeal to a different type of of crowd and also is just very technically impressive and tries to you know besides trying to appeal to a different crowd tries to just do something new you know it was especially for the time 
different to have something where it's like, oh, this is uh, not just a game. This is something that, you know, presumably is meant to teach you something or help you hone a, a real life skill to some extent. Or if, if nothing else, give you kind of a taste of kind of what it's like to actually fly a plane. Uh, and it's not just a game where you're trying to kill bad guys or get a high score or, or do whatever. So uh, j- just because of how different it was, again, especially for the time, um, and, and for how just impressive it is in general, I got to go with uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Alex, number five. I got to go with Mattel Football, no joke. Nice. Um, only because, uh, and you, by the way, earlier you said released in 1997. It was actually released in 1977. Oh, yeah, my bad, 77. <laughs> it's... Uh, um, I, I played a lot of these games. Like I said, I'm the youngest of three, so I got a lot of hand-me-down stuff like this and like, uh, Merlin, if you, I don't know if you guys remember, there, it was like, uh, if you Google Merlin handheld, it's like this red thing that has a, a series of dots on it. It's got like a grid of dots. Oh, I never and, had it. It looks like a cell phone, like a giant. Yeah, it looks like a crappy 90s cell phone, but it's really um, a battery powered thing from Parker Brothers from 78. And I played this constantly um, when I was like, you know, six or seven or whatever. And I can still hear the sounds it makes in my head <laughs> when I look at it. <laughs> um, and it's basically, you know, like tic-tac-toe and four square. And okay. um, Simon Says and that sort of stuff. And I really liked it. Um, and it was, you know, a precursor to me getting into further games, further handheld games for that matter, uh, going all the way to like the Tiger Electronics stuff, which is just awful. But um, you know, a lot of those games are just, there's nothing to them. Like it's, you can barely call them games. But um, the, these, I think. <laughs> Uh, were definitely influential to the point that I guess when I think of like a Hall of Fame, I, I think of like influence first and foremost. And Mattel football is was a big time influence on the way stuff eventually evolved all the way to Game Boy, Game Gear, all that good stuff. Yeah, the, I, I mean, yeah, definitely uh, can't argue with that one. Jay, number nope. four. Um, my number four, so is Guitar Hero. Um, I, I was always a, a more of a rock band person growing up. I, I didn't really play too much Guitar Hero, but it also kind of, as I talked about with Portal, it spawned just a whole generation of different things. And it was so popular for so long. I just remember being in in Discord or at the time it was Ventrilo and people would, be, would just be quiet and they'd be like, hey, you there? Hey, you there? Like, oh, sorry, I was doing this song on, on Guitar Hero. And they'd just be doing that <laughs> all day. Like it was for like months, even years at a time, people would be just periodically getting super into Guitar Hero, spending hours and hours and hours on it. So, you know, again, not not a huge fan of Guitar Hero itself, but got to respect it for what it is. The yeah. phenomenon, that for sure. Agreed. Agreed. My number four is going to be, uh, I'm going to go with Animal Crossing. Um, Again, a game that does something new. It's got all of the gaminess that you expect from a video game, but at the same time, it um, it's it's so different in that it just leaves it up to you to do whatever you want. And even beyond games like SimCity and stuff where, you know, your your goal is just to build your city how you want, that one there are certain pressures to you know, do it the right way or else, you know, you run out of money or people get angry or or, or whatever it may be. But Animal Crossing is really just, yes, certainly there are things you can do to improve your your town, your own house and things like that. But 
ultimately you can really do whatever you want and there's there's no penalty for you you, you might not get as cool stuff but you don't there's there's no penalty for for just doing things literally however you want um it's just it's a game that really is just uh, a a really cool just like a pure sandbox just to uh like kind of make the town be how how you want it to be with with no worry about whether you're doing it right or not and then of course on top of all that there's like just the general charm of 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 that you know that comes with animal crossing in general a good one yeah and i think the genre it kind of helped create it has aged really well whereas now we got stuff like stardew valley and and animal crossing for the switch don't you dare (laughs) and animal crossing (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um so yeah that that, all that stuff has aged really well um my number four is pole position again it goes back to the influence thing um seeing this game i'm a big video game history buff i love reading um about how the industry has evolved over the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. And pole position was a massive leap uh, forward, whereas we were used to seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, we were used to seeing like Space Invaders and, you know, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. Uh, and then you see something like pole position at 82, and you've got this like insane sense of speed. You got a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the first game to do that. I think so. Um, and it just, like one of those things where it didn't seem possible at the time and uh only got better from there obviously yep all right jay uh my number three is micro microsoft flight simulator uh for a couple reasons so i I, what's funny is i actually took a class in high school where part of the part of your grading was to successfully take off and successfully land uh which took me a while (laughs) it took me it took me several weeks to play through this game. And what's so funny is I didn't realize this, but it set me up to be very successful at playing Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> it's the same mechanics as Microsoft Flight Simulator in, in terms of like how to do it. And the best part is in, in uh, GTA 3, you can fly a tank. Uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate spending the hours that I did on this game because I definitely passed the class with flying colors. Um, it definitely took me some time to, to understand how it worked and everything, but... It's just such a cool game, and it, it does what it does really well, and it realistically is like a very unique sort of semi-genre, if you will. Dude, but. actually getting a plane... If you haven't played... Anybody who hasn't played Grand Theft Auto 3, actually getting a plane to take off in that game is it's is hard. an achievement. Yeah, especially if there's any wind. You're just like, oh, you're no. Fucked. Yeah, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't know... I, I, I never actually got a... Play, uh, play. I never actually got a plane to take off in uh, Flight Simulator because if you hit oh, if you, Flight Simulator, in Flight Simulator, because I think if you hit F five, it'll just do an automatic takeoff, and that's what I always did. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Something like that, yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, what is, okay, it's to mean then number three. Jay, you knew this. You know this one's coming somewhere, right? Starcraft. Yep. Uh, I mean, got to be the best. I mean, this. Or StarCraft Two, I think, are the the top two contenders for uh, best RTS of, of all time. Honestly, yep. There are many great ones, but these are the best, uh, I think. And StarCraft, it it, it helped kind of. Uh, it will. It was. It was one of the games that that helped cause uh, esports to to blow up. Yep. And uh, it's just. An amazing game, incredibly well balanced. 
and uh, and also one of the first. Well, I, I say that was it one of the first RTSs to have more than just two uh, races. To, yeah, like. I'm Ooh, sure, oh, I would like, I I would think so, but I don't know. So I I. I hmm. I'm probably I may be wrong there, but but if I'm not wrong, then maybe at least they did it better than anybody else did. Because uh, I want to say Age of Empires was the first to do. Age that. of Empires did okay, but yeah. but but even then, this one they were they were much more varied than even if even if you forget about the like there being two versus three, the the differences in the different races were, were much were much greater than the differences in, in other races of, of other RTS. Yeah, they games. had very unique aspects to them. I was thinking the same thing. Like Zerg, your your own guys turn into buildings, and that's crazy for you know for, for back then. <laughs> for with Protoss, you could build a building anywhere as long as it had a pylon next to it. Like, you know, that like just the the way that the the the, the mechanics worked for different races were, were so different uh and yeah. just just in general you know you, you have when you're, when you're playing zerg it's it's all about numbers when you're playing protoss it's all about having like smaller quality uh, like, over quantity yeah yeah just fewer but yeah. big giant powerful units um just and just just the game itself was uh at, at the time it was basically perfect and then and it and it still holds up you know there are definitely things that that are a little bit that haven't aged great about it but it's still a really good, really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is also Microsoft Flight Sim. Cool. <laughs> um, for all the reasons you guys already said, right. it's it really was <clears throat> represented something different that uh, video games are capable of doing. It like it's not just make stuff go boom. It's uh, actually teaching you something about uh, you know something realistic. It's uh, training software and that sort of stuff uh i didn't really always have all that much fun with it because i had no idea what i was doing and i have no patience for stuff like that but i can't deny <laughs> its impact um and uh plus anytime i see one of those like rich guy cockpit displays where he's got like a, <laughs> they've got like a huge display and it's like a it simulates a real cockpit yeah i get so jealous because it looks so fun uh-huh yeah those those things can get nuts Sometimes yeah. with just how how involved they are, but I, I was kind of like you. I I was never good at the game. As I said, I would just press F five and let it do an automatic takeoff, and then just like fly around. And usually, yeah, yeah. I would sw- I would even switch to third person mode, <laughs> so I really wasn't playing it the way it was meant to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just that was just kind of fun to do, and and I didn't find it all that fun either but i would still just mess my dad was the one who bought it so i think he played it mostly but i was still just messing around with it every now and then and just oh cool i'm flying around how about that all right jay number two animal crossing so i I, that's why i was kind of quiet when you're talking about animal crossing animal crossing uh favorite of my heart i love animal crossing to death it sparked a very casual genre that has exploded and my girlfriend really likes a lot, a lot of games like this, Animal Crossing, especially the new one. She's put hundreds and hundreds of hours in the new one. For me, though, this game is a very special gem. This is one of the last games I played before the internet became ridiculously easily accessible. So it was very fun to explore this island, which was not online. I know it's a crazy thought, but a <laughs> game that's not online, it's, it's a really unique idea. Um, 
but it was very fun. It was very fun to explore and to discover everything that was going on. You know, the game did a great job of having different mechanics for the holidays, for different times of day. There were things that happened early in the morning. You know, the game, you didn't feel pressured to pay off your debt, which I will say, shame on Cartoon Network, because when they advertised this game during one of their Toonami things, they said, if you didn't pay your debt, that you'd go to jail. And they actually showed a scene of you getting on the train <laughs> to leave, which, yeah. And I'm like, as a kid, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then ultimately, when you play the game, you don't, there's nothing that happens if you don't pay off your debt. You yeah. just have to pay it off. Or, there's no interest or anything. So um, <laughs> Animal Crossing is a great game. It, it's such a beautiful gem. And I, I think it'll be one of those games that I revisit every once in a while. However, it's just, you can't enjoy it as much as, as you could back then, just because now I know everything. One and two, there's always pressure, external pressure from people who aren't actually there. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number uh, two, right? Yeah, my number two, my number two is Guitar Hero. Um, for me, it's along with what Jay said, as it, uh, of it being just a, an absolute phenomenon with how popular it was. It's also, it was also something just very different, you know. Like, so, like obviously we had had peripherals in in video games, but this has got to be the most popular one there was, and uh, also it kind of. Uh, it was another example of bringing in new people that don't, or maybe not even not new, but just different people that don't normally play games. Um, and, and maybe not, not introducing them, not, you know, getting them into games in general, but getting them into a game, even if this was the only one that they played, it's kind of uh, amazing that, that it did such a good job of, of, uh, you know, reaching other people who, who, who don't play other games, but, but for whatever reason, something about this, uh, you know, that caught a lot of people's eye and, and got them interested, even if this was all that they ended up playing. Uh, yeah, it's just that combined with just how astoundingly popular it was for a while. It's kind of amazing. I, I was never interested in it, but you really can't deny how, how huge this game was. Yeah. I was resistant to it at first, to be honest with you, but it's a great game. Yeah. All right, Alex. Yeah, because my number two is also Guitar Hero. All right. <laughs> and yeah, I was definitely one of those snobs that was like, I can't, you know, you're not actually playing guitar. Yep. It's a real guitar. <laughs> yep, me too. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I play real guitar. Um, no, one of my favorite memories, uh, I used to work at the Best Buy corporate office. This is back in the uh, mid-2000s. And um, there was our break room where we had a big-ass projection TV and a uh i forget what console it was but it had guitar through guitar hero 3 set up on it and um we had a whiteboard where we kept the scoreboard for everybody's best scores for <laughs> whatever song and that was just fun and yeah. it, it was just like you said it didn't matter if people were quote unquote gamers or not uh people would just come in just to play and to see if they could beat their score from last time um it also guitar hero 3 in particular had a really great a set of songs. Um, if I remember correctly, that's the one with Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, and that Megadeth oh, okay. song, Hanger 18. It had the Stone Temple Pilot song. I can't remember the name of. Um, and of course, it had the uh, infamous uh, Fire Through the Flames. Oh, uh, through Fire and Flames. Oh, oh, right. Through Gosh. the Fire and the Flames, yeah, <laughs> from Dragon Force, which was by far the hardest yeah. song in the series up to that point. Um and plus, I think that game always did a really, really good job of uh, spreading out the difficulty. Because even if you weren't very good at it, you just wanted to listen to the song and jam out and stuff, you could crank it all the way back to easy and 
play it and it's sure enough it'd be pretty damn easy to to get a decent score on it but if you wanted a challenge like shit that game <laughs> that game brought the challenge big time especially depending on the song sure it's very rewarding when you do well in that game too yeah yeah for sure it feels really good especially mm-hmm. when you when you get some of those long notes and you get to hit the whammy button oh yeah that's always fun I always love trying to figure out the different mechanics too. Like when the buttons, you know, like at a certain point when the buttons would be so close together, they'd be overlapping and you have to figure out how to do that. Like I always loved when you finally figured out and you're like, oh, and then you just, yeah. yeah. They did such a good job designing that game. It was, it was those are fun times. I agree. To, to, to offer kind of, uh, I don't know if it's the opposite or maybe the inverse of the, oh, well, I'm, I play real guitar, so I'm not going to play this. One of my friends who, is incredibly good at guitar and he's been playing since he was 13 and was really, really great by the time he was like 17, even. Um, he said that one time, like he, he's just never been interested in video games. And, uh, he said one time is some, some friends of his invited him over to play a uh, guitar hero. And they were like, Oh man, it's good. I can't, I can't wait to see you play this. You're going to be awesome. And he tried playing it, and he just had no idea what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> he was just terrible at it. They're like, no, this like none of them played guitar or anything. He was like, no, this is nothing. <laughs> this is yeah, not it, the same. This has thing. nothing to do with it. This is completely different. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jay. What's your number one be- uh, game that has to be on their list? Do you think? This should be no surprise. It's got to be StarCraft for me. Yeah. I mean, StarCraft spawn yep. is is one of the main factors for why esports exist i mean start people are so at this point starcraft 2 has gone downhill so much starcraft 2 sucks at this point if you guys have if you guys obviously don't follow starcraft that much but starcraft 2 is at a point now where the pro players primarily in uh, predominantly in korea are now going back to playing starcraft 1 because of how incredible a game is just from the balancing perspective the mechanics that go into it you know the meta is still evolving the game's been around for 20 something years now and the meta is still evolving which is just crazy to think about you also have the campaign you have the story that goes with it you have the music i mean the that's the tracks for for starcraft one are bangers each race has their own unique one which just adds another little element to it starcraft is just an incredible game i mean i still go back and play a starcraft one campaign every so often you know it's, and also, you have to think of the games that came from it as well. I mean, you think StarCraft uh, Starcraft 1, the, the user-created maps, there were so many defense maps and RPGs, and there were so many different things. Obviously, Dota came from Warcraft, but I mean, there were some smaller things that definitely spawned. Like, I, 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 I appreciate StarCraft, the use map settings games, for like tower defense and like balloon tower defense. You know, those really popular Flash games. From my, from my perspective, I believe they came from StarCraft 1, use map settings games, so... There's just so much you can credit StarCraft 1 for that it, it, would be, it would be just a shame if it didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. My number one is Call of Duty. Wow. Not a series huh. that I've ever really liked, but this to me is kind of the the pinnacle of, holy shit, this has reached an enormous crowd. And they've got a hundred games in the series now. And they keep re-releasing them now. Do they like? Oh yeah, they're re-releasing the old ones for money, and people are buying it because it's Blizzard or Activision, whatever you want to call it. I didn't even know that. So that too. Uh, It's just again, I I always use this word, but I think it fits when we have the discussions about uh, the Hall of Fame games. But I think it fits a lot of them, and is why a lot of them deserve to be uh, inducted. But it's because it's just to me, it's just such a phenomenon. 
something about it that, that I don't quite honestly understand myself, but something about it has just just has amazing appeal to a huge uh, group of people that even if I don't get it, I can't, again, it's kind of like a kind of, a, I don't even, oh, kind of like Guitar Hero, I guess, can't deny that it is an enormous thing that has had a, a huge effect on, on video games in, in general. I think part of it for me, and, and I, you know, I've never been a big Call of Duty person. I played some of the campaigns and a little bit online, but for me, I, I, I think the key thing that I've I've heard from people over time is it's an FPS that's a little bit softer, right? It's not as difficult as your traditional FPS, uh, it, it, but also there's some some of the game modes have certain RPG elements where you're basically like sort of leveling up, which doesn't make a huge impact in the game, but it's kind of exciting, and there's certain mechanics that happen based on your level. So from the and also there's the zombie mode, which people talk about a lot. Like there's a couple things that I've always really appreciated. I'm not a huge FPS person to begin with, so it yeah. doesn't really interest me. But to your point, I mean, I totally respect it for what it is. Like you, you can't deny that it's just a crazy popular genre, right? Or series, I guess. I just remember um, Medal of Honor was like the big oh, yeah. game back in the day, and then all of a sudden here comes Call of Duty. And sure enough, Call of Duty was kick ass when it first came out in the early 2000s. God, Medal of Honor was so fun. And Call of Duty, too. yeah, Medal of Honor was like a, a massive deal. Where I think it was the first game that tried to replicate a lot of the actual World War II battles and stuff. Um, if I remember correctly, I don't even know if that's accurate or not. But um, and then those games just kind of went away, and Call of Duty just started dominating everything. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, okay, well, this is the thing now. And I did like Call of Duty back in the day. Uh, I remember playing the first two games multiplayer a lot but even the single player campaigns back then were pretty fun the the yeah, missions I agree. were pretty interesting and the settings back then really stood out as something different once it got to like modern warfare and all this other stuff i was way out i <laughs> I, I i preferred like science fiction settings at that point like unreal tournament and and doom. stuff like that. yeah doom halo all that sort of stuff was was way i like that stuff way better at that point i was burnt out on the military motif but damned if it's not massively popular holy crap and i loved playing multiplayer with like call of duty and modern warfare on old pcs like way back in the day i definitely played a lot of like land um oh yeah old the old school land stuff yeah Mm -hmm. sorry robert go ahead what was the thing that the very first call of duty like what was it that made it stand out i remember there were like specific things but I don't remember what they were. Do you guys have any idea? Like Honestly, at the time, what was it that made them? For me, it was just really well made and it was just really super polished. Okay. Uh, Did you have the inverted like... axis? Was that the first inverted axis FPS? No, definitely not. Okay. Can't remember. What would that I probably wouldn't call it, or not call it, Counter Strike maybe. Yeah, I just remember it being like a really high end game because uh, we played a lot of those back then. Uh, I used to go to uh, my friend's house and just set up my pc in his garage with a bunch of his friends we would play these other games called like Viet Cong was one of them and you know they had capture the flag and you know your typical multiplayer fps you know stuff that we would play but call of duty for whatever reason it had the maps uh didn't have many glitches or many bugs uh had some great weapons um it just ran really well i just okay. remember it it worked really well so it's <laughs> like yeah let's just, let's just keep playing this okay all right, cool. Alex, what's your number one? My number one is also StarCraft, uh, just yeah. because it is uh, massively influential. Um, it's still <laughs> played today somehow. 
not just played today it is like massively popular today uh and which is really 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 cool um and yeah i i don't even know what else to say about it, it it's 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 one of those things where it also brought about all sorts of other uh it expanded on its universe, on its own lore, with like all these extra novels. It's like freaking Star Wars at this point, so which is amazing to me when you're able to create, you know, just a game like, hey, here's this little game, and now all of a sudden, like twenty years later, it's this massive thing with this huge lore. So I, I yeah, and plus, you guys already touched on all the influences and how it it's trickled yeah. down over the years. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be Starcraft. Starcraft has to be in there for sure. And I I kind of have a lingering feeling it's gonna get overlooked. Me too. Totally. You I think so? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So so do you guys have any what do you th- any uh, predictions on what actually will go in? I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but Farmville. Think, you think? Yeah. So? The, pop, the popular yeah. stuff is gonna get in, like Call of Duty, Farmville, Duty. Guitar Hero. Guitar. And I think they'll, I think they'll give the nod to Microsoft Flight Sim too. Yeah, I think so too. I think, and then to close it out with, yeah, I think Flight Simulator and Guitar Hero are pretty safe bets. The rest of them, I just don't know. I can understand why FIFA's on here because that that has been a, yeah, you know, it's, it's like match. Yeah, it's a around the world. It's it's huge. Yeah. Um, and the the other ones too. Um, Tron, I don't know. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one nearly no. as much. I think Carmen it was San pretty Diego. big for arcades. Hmm. Uh, Carmen San Diego, I played all the time in grade school and really had a blast with it at the time. But same here. That's... That was that was a close number six on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I could easily see Carmen San Diego making it. Yeah, I think Guitar Hero and Flight Simulator are sure bets. I just don't know about the rest. I think Animal Crossing might make it through with given all the success through COVID with the most recent one. Oh, for I sure. I wonder if we'll take that in consideration. I wonder. There, I don't there know. Are two it's so topical. <laughs> there are two things I'm going to remember from the beginning of COVID. Number one is going to be Tiger King. Yes. <laughs> number two is number two is how huge Animal Crossing got. Like oh, everybody man. got into that. Talk game. about sister perfect fucking time. <laughs> yeah, I know. They were just printing money. They didn't know what to do with. It. They were burning it, burying it. They didn't know what to do with all the money they were making. <laughs> SpongeBob reference. Okay all for jeff that's what it's for jeff watch seasons one through three don't be lazy you don't have to no you have are you kidding me spongebob's season one through three are iconic they are some of the most quotable things ever there seems to be a spongebob meme for everything i think i was too old for spongebob because i'm i'm 39 so i and it got really big when i was like 14 we were talking about this with with jeff too it seems like the cutoff is maybe 37 or 38 if you're to yeah i feel like i'm right on the edge of it to be honest with you like i feel like i was pretty close and i'll be 33 this year so yeah it's it's right around that time 33 34 35 maybe like i feel like that's right on the edge Mm. i mean it's it's funny it's it's kind of got that weird ren and stimpy vibe going yes in in a certain way um and you know it's made by people who actually give a crap it's not just like yeah throw something out there for for the kids you know it's it's uh it's pretty good it's quality but yeah i just completely missed out same with pokemon same with power rangers you didn't miss anything with pokemon you didn't miss anything with power rangers i'm sorry (laughs) i I rewatched power rangers recently and i wanted to freaking end it that that show is just i'm the exact same i never was interested in pokemon or power rangers 
either. You guys didn't miss anything. Okay. Pokemon, mm. but the Pokemon show was just a, a encourage more money printing. That's all it was. Okay. It was uh, the same plot every single episode. That's all it was. <laughs> okay. Gotta be the best. Yep. And it didn't follow the rules of the game, which made no sense. It's just uh, yeah. I love your description of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Where, based on what you said, oh, Jay, he just God. cheats every single. He episode. just cheats. He literally cheats. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's it's so funny to me because like you're watching the show and it's like okay, what's he? He's be there's no way he can win this. Like this guy's got a mask. Oh. So what? Wait, what is he doing here? Oh, he's cheating. He's not even following the rules of the game. Like one of them, he uses like some sort of psychic magic to stun his opponent. Um, like it, it's just like, oh, you pulled Exodia out, played it all in the same turn, and used the R relic to like combine it and activate it all in the same turn. That takes five turns, by the way. And he's just like, Kaiba, you're a fool. And he just does it. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. Like, wait, what did you just do there? And the heart of the cards, like, I need one card to win, and he just top decks, and it's like, okay, bro. Like, that, that is, it's 50% cheating, 50% top decking. That is Yu-Gi-Oh! in a nutshell. That sounds amazing. Uh, I, I, I used to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! on, like, Saturday mornings, because... Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! How old am I? Uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to watch it on, like, Saturday mornings when... Uh, um, just to have something on TV... Uh, this is back when I, before I moved to New Mexico, when I was like in my early, late twenties, early thirties. And I just loved the voice acting and how important everything sounded. <laughs> it was just like, everything is on the line right now. You need to do this. And it's like week after week of like the universe Drama. teetering on an edge, <laughs> you know, and well, it don't... was so over the top. Don't forget, too, the whole premise of the show is based on the fact that the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! decided to send a VHS, which had a virus in it, that captures Yugi's grandfather, <laughs> and then sucks him into the VHS, and then kidnaps him and tries to uh, basically bribe, or, or basically, what, what's the word, extort money, or in this case, he wants to extort cards, out of Yugi. And here's my favorite part, is in the first, I don't know, four episodes, they don't really address the fact that Yugi goes from being a child with a child voice to an adult <laughs> with a deep voice. A very, very deep voice, by the way. Uh, they don't address it, and then all of a sudden, at one point, they call it out, they talk about the fact that he has the Millennium, the millennium Puzzle, whatever the hell it is, on his neck, and then it turns him into the Pharaoh. And, and Joey Wheeler, which Joey Wheeler is, is the best character of that show, such a jackass, says the dumbest stuff, and he's like, yeah, I noticed you got taller. It's like, dude, the guy's voice went down like nine octaves. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> is that the dude with the American flag bandana? No, that is that is one of the best characters in the show as well. I, his name is Keith, Bandit Keith, and he has oh, some of the best one-liners in that show. Joey is, he has a, a Jersey oh, Northeastern accent. He's the other guy, yeah. No, he, yeah. he's like his best friend or whatever, yeah. I'm Joey Wheeler. Yeah, Joey Wheeler is a, a choice character. And also, they tell you a million times throughout the show, but Joey is playing. By the way, he almost wins the tournament when he just learned how to play the game like a week ago. Uh, he is playing because his sister Serenity went blind and she needs money for her surgery. And they tell you 11,000 fucking times in the first <laughs> season that he's playing for his sister Serenity. Yeah, it's just a brutal show. And then also, Yugi has the most powerful cards in the game, which is Exodia and this guy Weevil, who looks like a total piece of shit, by the way. They're on a boat ride to the to Tournament Island, and he's like, 
hey, can I see your really powerful card? He's like, yeah. And he, the guy just like tears him up and throws him overboard. <laughs> <laughs> There's no punishment for it. He just throws him overboard. And, and it's just like, wait, 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 wait. You actually thought that giving this guy your cards was a good idea? You deserve it. Uh, that show is brutal. Man, you, it sounds like your love for Yu-Gi-Oh! almost matches Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, don't you dare. That's, that's not a, <laughs> don't insult Final Fantasy Tactics like that. All right. Uh, okay. There is no top five for the next episode. Jay, you wanna you wanna just, you wanna explain the situation, or you want me to? Sure, I'll, I'll go for it. So Robert and I have been talking a little bit. You know, the top five at times feels really good when we do like the ones for t- when we did tonight, where we do the ones for the nominations for the video game Hall of Fame. Also, when we do like our top whatever of the year or the, for a specific year, those are fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically do it occasionally. It's not going to be a consistent thing because we felt like there was a lot of overlap, a lot of repetitiveness. And as well, we really weren't really finding any new interesting topics to talk about. In a lot of cases, we were probably taking the same 100 games and mixing them up a little bit in different orders and justifying them for the top five. So we're going to step away from it for a little bit, do it more occasionally. And if we find some good ideas, you know, we'll talk about it, call it out for the next episode. But if we don't have something super interesting, then we're just going to bow away, for, bow down from it for, for the time being. Yeah, out from it. we're just going to leave this out for now. And, and and one more thing that I'll add is is what kind of started this idea is the fact that a lot of our episodes recently have been insanely long. Yeah. And we do enjoy like long, like I enjoy listening to long podcast episodes. And I know a lot of our listeners also do. But for me and Jay, especially since we normally record on weeknights, like for for two people doing a three hour, sometimes three and a half hour podcast, uh, looks like this. I mean, we're almost at we're getting close to three hours now on this one, even. But going like talking for three hours is just exhausting, and we were it we roast were, your voice too. It does, and we were talking about it, and both of us actually said the exact same thing. We both like really, really super look forward to doing the next episode. Anytime an episode's coming up and we're very excited. And then as soon as we're done recording the episode, we're like, holy shit, that was long. Like we're yep. just dead. We're just done. I usually just pass out afterwards. And it, it, <laughs> like the next day, I usually feel pretty like not under the weather, but I just feel kind of crummy because my voice is usually shot and I'm just really exhausted. So yeah. So this will help cut back a little bit on that as well. Really um, brings about the swamp ass too. That too. Oh my god, my girlfriend just closed the door in the office. I am sweating. I live in Arizona, so it's. Uh, I, I, I was yeah, very afraid good. about where that was going just then. Oh no! Where, where do you live, Alex? Albuquerque, right next door. Oh, okay. To okay. Um. So yeah. So we figured this was a good way to 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 cut a little bit of the time, and um, it's it's really kind of at this point the only thing that we felt good about cutting because we don't want to you know talk less about games we don't want to do less emails and that kind of stuff uh so talk less about final fantasy tactics <laughs> How dare yeah. you? and uh so yeah so so no top fives uh, except for you know every now and then when there's a specific sp- specific reason although there are two eventually that we're going to do down the line at some point semi-randomly just when we arbitrarily feel like we're ready to We've never done top five RPGs. We've never done top five Final Fantasy games. I've specifically been holding on to those until I play uh, some more of both categories. So we'll we'll do those at some point as well. You could even do uh, top five JRPGs and top five Western RPGs. We could, you know, we could. Potentially. Yeah. 
The crazy part is for me, I feel like a lot, if I did overall RPGs, I think it would be good to break them up because for me, I feel like I would put a lot more JRPGs on that list than Western RPGs, which I think is probably pretty common, but every top five RPGs and base them just on one single year and do every single year from 1980 (laughs) until now. I feel like some years would be a struggle, but yeah. Yeah. Like positive or negative, like too many or too few options. Yep. Probably so. Okay. Um, now one more thing, believe it or not, no emails this time. That hasn't happened in like five years. I was gonna say. I think we. I talk- think it's because it was such a short amount of time between the last episode yeah, and this one. Well, I mean, it wasn't that. It was only like, f- I guess it was like four or five days shorter. But I think all, I think most people. It wasn't necessarily that it was shorter, but people were caught off guard by us. Uh, people probably thought so- we were gonna push it off and delay it too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so no emails. So we're about to wrap it up. Uh, real quick, we will do a current gaming subcast. Uh, although I don't think I really have anything to talk about. Any newer games. Do you guys want to mention real briefly that you've been playing? No, Alex, I, I got nothing. Sorry, uh, I, don't I, think I, I have newer games. Say. What are those? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, enough. I'm just uh, my girlfriend uh, has been playing through uh, Demon Souls on PS5. Oh, cool! Oh, wow, how's that going? So, I, I'm just watching. Like this is her thing. Like this is what she likes to get through. So, um, you know, it's it's not as much of a of a insane grind as something like Dark Souls two or three um the game is gorgeous it is just when i walk past the tv like say i'm just going downstairs to get something i come back up and i stop myself before i go upstairs because i'm just gawking at how great that game looks it's amazing um yeah no it's they they put such they put so much effort into those games which is why i think people dig them so much and why people dig the lore of those games so much um beyond just like a, the difficulty and all that sort of crap but um yeah it's that game definitely looks cool other than that i don't play a whole lot of recent stuff i'm playing crap like ultimate stuntman for nes and you know just <laughs> you mean, you mean ultimate Boy. stuntman <laughs> oh yeah ultimate stuntman running back for the oklahoma sooners <laughs> so yeah yeah why don't you give us a quick what, what what's been going on with your with your channel lately um obviously you played ultimate ultimate stuntman recently <laughs> um how, how's the how's the old snes drunk channel going uh so far so good i've taken a break this week actually no videos this week just my nine to five sometimes gets a little crazy and it's it's fun to just forget that this other part of my life exists for a little while yeah i didn't i i didn't i noticed that i was like but right before we started the episode i was thinking to myself wait i don't remember what videos he's done this week and then i went and checked it out and i was like oh okay he has taken a little break i didn't just miss them i might even take next week off just because i can but um yeah, no, I, I do have a lot of ideas that I want to crank through. Like uh, one I mentioned earlier was uh, the 99 game, the 99 thing. Um, uh, like Pac- Switch now has uh, Pac-Man 99 in addition to Tetris 99. Yeah. So I'm thinking like what Super Nintendo games would work well in that format. Um, that might be a video eventually. There's another one where um, if you like the SNES version of SimCity, what else would you like? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, because I, I love I love that version of SimCity. Um, I do too. So I want to do... The thing is, those that kind of stuff is hard to do because it's... <laughs> you're always afraid you're going to forget something obvious. Sure. But um, yeah, other than that, it's just... Uh, I have a lot of uh, requests from my Patreon 
from folks that um, sometimes they request some really cool stuff. Sometimes not so much, <laughs> but it's it's still stuff that um, I'm usually thankful that it was pointed out to me. Um, like some of the requests are are games I've never played before and never heard of. Like wow. one is called one is called Green Dog for Genesis. Green Dog. Yeah, don't know that. Um, another one is called Star Cruiser for Genesis, which I'm kind of familiar with from PC systems back in the day, and I know that's a port. Um. Somebody else requested Stimpy's invention, as of as in Ren, Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that because uh, Ren, most Ren and Stimpy games are awful. Are they like the Simpsons games? Worse. Ooh. Yeah, they're worse. Um, then there's also like uh, let, let me. I'm just looking at the list here. Um, there's fun stuff like uh, I, I I hope to get a switch soon when they release it uh, in that new uh, just slightly bigger screen and uh, that that way I can play Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection which I'm really looking forward to uh, it's basically just more super ghouls and ghosts so I'm all about that I hear you um, what about one more thing uh, give us the old uh, drunk friend update Oh, that's been going extremely well, which kind of blows my mind because um, it really just started as like, well, now that I'm stuck at home all day, every day, now what do I do? Should I start a podcast? And Trav legit responded on Twitter like, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's let's start. And so we did. And what I've always wanted to do is because I suck at collaborating when it comes to videos. Uh I just I'm just better off working off by myself when it comes to that format. I'd rather just talk to people. Um, so you know about how they make stuff, why they get into games, why they do what they do, and we've had some really really fun people on. We had uh, Norman Caruso, the gaming historian. Um, we've had uh, yeah, we've had um, even stuff. What, what's been really fun about this is that. Um, I want to say about a year ago, around this time, I discovered this Twitch channel called called Forgotten VCR, and it's just this yeah. guy. He's like a professor at a at a college somewhere, and he collects these old forgotten kung fu movies uh, from Hong Kong, from China, from Japan, from Taiwan, from ev- from all over. He, he even collects like really cheesy movies uh, um, from the United States and Canada, especially <laughs> Canada. Really. Uh, has the uh, market on cheese, uh, cheesy movies really <laughs> nailed down. They they do a great job with that. But um, and then he makes like mixtapes of them, um, and it's really really entertaining. I re- and I was like, hey, do you want to come on our podcast and talk about what you do? So it's really really fun to just like discover something, really get into it, and then yeah. like, actually talk to the guy and uh, and pick That's his brain. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love that channel. Uh, he's on on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays, and I just watched him uh, last night. And uh, yeah, he and he he's he just does Twitch basically. Like you can't find his stuff on YouTube, really. I mean, he's got a few yeah. things on there, but if you want to watch him, you got to catch him when he's streaming on Twitch. When he's streaming on Twitch, and it's yeah at night on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. He's one of my favorites. And uh, just recently, we just had Eight uh, Bit Music Theory on. He's such a good guy. He's he's hilarious. And then we had. Uh, a dude named State of Mercury on uh, just this week. Uh, he takes Metallica songs and kind of like recontextualizes them a bit. Like he'll take a song off one album and then recreate it on another album's 
sound basically huh. wow that's interesting is that this week's episode it is yeah just okay. posted this morning and yeah he uh my favorite that he, thing that he did was um, My Friend of Misery, which is uh, a song that Jason Newstead wrote for the Black Album. And he did it as if it were a song on Injustice for All. And it sounds awesome um, because apparently, uh, I read about this after the fact, uh, Jason always wanted that song to be an instrumental. Like, that's how he wrote it. And that's how huh. this dude recreates it. On Only he uses it with the Justice sound. And he made it like 10 minutes long. He added some parts to it and they fit perfectly damn um the guy's super talented and i thought he was really interesting to talk to about that too uh a while back someone asked us in our emails uh like what's a what is a good um like youtube channel that you really like to watch besides the people who like have been guests on your show like what are some of your favorite youtube channels and i I didn't think of this one at the time, but I, I afterward, after I listened to him, I, I, had, I had seen plenty of stuff before, but I didn't think about it until I heard him uh, on your podcast recently. I was so upset that I forgot to mention uh, Norman Crusoe, the gaming historian, because his videos are so interesting. Yeah. Uh, he, those, like, anybody who hasn't checked out his stuff, you first off, you probably have seen his stuff, but if not... Like that's one that you can seriously binge is uh, the game, the gaming historian. He is, uh, he is so good. Uh, and that was a big good episode time. too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And he has a big PBS vibe about him, which I really like. I, I grew <laughs> up watching true, yeah. a ton of public television. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and he's got that vibe. He's got the, his, anytime he's like doing the point and film thing, he's got that look to it too. Um, and his voiceover of course is very like, matter of fact and calming and mm -hmm. you know it's 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 just got that same vibe so yeah i re i really appreciate that what that guy does it also uh 8 bit music theory that was one that and I, that i've seen his stuff before but i hadn't watched it in a while and i was really glad to hear him on there because that reminded me that i need to go check out more of his stuff which i did immediately afterward and uh his, his especially if you are interested in music and in in playing and or making music uh it's really uh educational honestly his stuff is is, is really good he, he breaks down like like how different types of uh, uh game music works and why it works so well and and what specifically yeah. the, the composers are doing and uh very very uh informative channel i mean it's right there in the in the title 8-bit music theory and yep. he ain't he ain't kidding around with the theory part of it. Um, he dives right in with high level stuff. Uh, and if you can't keep up, well, too bad. So sad, but yeah, this guy, this guy knows his stuff for sure. He's, he's a really, really smart dude. And he's really good at explaining and breaking down that stuff. So everybody can understand it. It's just, it can be a little intimidating at first. Cause he goes like just straight in. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, you guys have had a, a lot of awesome guests on, and uh, so yeah, it's always hey. it's always it's always fun to listen. And we also, got one we got one guest we're hoping to snag. Uh, I'll just say his name rhymes with uh, Jettel Mises. <laughs> oh, really? Are you gonna you gonna get him on there? We're, huh? we're yeah, we we've been in contact with him. So oh, that's great. <laughs> that should be a fun one. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. He's he's a he's a hidden gem of a guest, if you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. 
he is indeed. Oh man, that's good. Uh, well, yeah, super looking forward to that if if it works out. Yeah, but, hopefully uh, that'll come together soon. Yeah, I hope so. But uh, I guess is that is that pretty much it? Is that all the the stuff you've got going on? I mean, <laughs> it, it's enough. I, I I think. I mean, I gotta get my uh, one of I have two garage doors. One of them's got to get replaced. Okay. Uh, okay. Got got to clean out, uh, or I got to start mowing the lawn over here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that, it's just boring stuff like that. Really, I just I was yeah. That's it. Well, I cleaned my bird feeder last weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. What kind of birds you get there? Uh, We get a lot of uh, cardinals, a lot of house finches. We get a, we do have robins, but they don't eat at the feeder. They, they seem really only interested in worms. We get the Mm. occasional tufted titmouse. Those are really cool. Um, yeah, those are kind of the main ones. See, we we have like Albuquerque has like pigeons, and that's it. Oh, really? We get we, I, I we, we've got some pigeons. We don't not not a ton, not as much as the others. But those are. I do hear the occasional woodpecker, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember those. Oh, do like, do sometimes a woodpecker? This the other birds are scared of the woodpeckers. If a woodpecker comes mm. up, he doesn't even do anything. He just will come up to the feeder and eat at it for a second. If there's any other bird, they'll they'll all fly away when he comes up. He doesn't even have to like. Sometimes birds will kind of like kind of like not really attack each other, but kind of like peck at each other to get somebody to fly away and they will, but the <laughs> woodpecker doesn't even have to do that. I guess they know like if this guy comes at me, I'm fucking dead. Uh, yeah. So as soon as he comes there, they're, they're, they're all gone. Certain birds are dicks for sure. Like I've read that uh, blue jays in particular are just oh really <laughs> assholes. I don't remember where or how I read that, but yeah, they, they uh, aren't easy to get like they, they're the, they do exactly what you said where they just chase other birds away. Yeah, there was sometimes the cardinals do that. And one time there was this one cardinal who was so the the place that my bird feeder, feeder hangs, it's over these bushes. And so a lot of seeds fall into the bushes and it's like bushes all up and down the fence. This one cardinal was just going back and forth up and down the fence under the bushes scaring away any bird he could find. Ah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're being the biggest ass right now. Like he didn't care how far away they were. He was like, "No, these are my fucking bushes, everybody." playing 4d chess over there <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so that was that was a good time we cleaned the old bird feeder last weekend excellent uh i guess that's pretty much it um uh, i guess uh fo- yeah follow me i'm at king octavius follow the the podcast at class Gamescast. mail us emails mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. no top five next time but uh but still feel free to email us whatever you want to uh, Alex, where can people follow all, all of your stuff? Uh, Snestruck.com will take you straight to my uh, YouTube thing. And uh, I'm just at Snestrunk at Instagram and on Twitter. Awesome. And uh, you can just search Drunk Friend and find that podcast as well with Travis. Oh, yeah, that whole thing too. Yeah, yeah that whole thing. And a Drunk Friend is one word. Drunk Friend is one word. Do you get something different? Do you get a different thing? You don't find the podcast if you type it in as two words? Probably it's just like yeah. probably it's just gifts of like people doing drunk stuff if you type if you put a space in between it, right? Probably, yeah. I I know iTunes can be kind of annoying when it comes to stuff like that, so it can be hard to find stuff. But uh, yeah, just to be just to be safe, put uh, put it as a one word. You'll you'll have an easier time finding it that way. All right. Well, uh, Alex, it was fun to have you on, and Thanks. um. 
Jay, you got anything uh, left to say before we head out? No, just thanks for joining us, Alex. It's always a pleasure. Hope to have you back again soon, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Yeah, it's always nice to stop by. Yeah, thanks. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in three weeks.